More SacredHeartRadio.com. Wednesday, the 30th of August. Let's begin this morning in prayer, praying the words of St. Thomas Aquinas, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Give us, O Lord, a steadfast heart which no unworthy affection may drag downwards. Give us an unconquered heart which no tribulation can wear out. Give us an upright heart which no unworthy purpose may tempt aside. Bestow upon us also, O Lord our God, understanding to know you, diligence to seek you, wisdom to find you, and a faithfulness that may finally embrace you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. It is a better way to start a Wednesday, the Sunrise Morning Show, here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And up this hour, we'll talk to Dr. John Bergsma. Been doing an ongoing series with him on his book, Love Basics for Catholics. Father Rob Jack will discuss Psalm 139, a powerful psalm that uh, speaks pretty strongly to our relationship with God, and uh, we'll get into some of that with Father Rob. Gary Zimak concludes our series uh, that we've been doing with him on his book, When Your Days Are Dark, God Is Still Good, looking at biblical figures and how uh, their stories can relate to ours. And today we get to look at the example of Job, which sort of sums up all the difficult experiences in one guy's story. And then Amy Wellborn has some uh, end-of-summer short story picks for your Labor Day weekend. So... Stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. Catholic Charities of Central Florida says they have supplies ready at local parishes as the state of Florida braces for Hurricane Idalia. Catastrophic storm surge and destructive winds are expected in Florida's Big Bend region throughout this morning as Idalia gains strength. More from Mark Mayfield. The National Hurricane Center says it's forecast to be an extremely dangerous Category 4 intensity when it makes landfall soon. That brings the possibility of catastrophic damage, structural damage, and uprooted trees and utility poles. Idalia has maximum sustained winds of roughly 110 miles per hour. I'm Mark Mayfield. All the students of a Catholic school in Lahaina are alive and accounted for three weeks after the deadly wildfires hit Hawaii. Sacred Hearts School burned down in the August 8th fire. Sacred Hearts Mission Church in Kapalua is now temporarily serving as school campus. About half of the students returned on Monday. The others moved away from West Maui after they were displaced by the fire. The Biden administration says it's sending Ukraine $250 million in military aid to help the country's forces fighting to drive out Russian troops. The package includes equipment to clear Russian minefields that have stalled Ukraine's counteroffensive. It also includes more ammunition for air defense to counter Russian drones and missiles. 
The Pentagon also sent Ukraine artillery shells and millions of rounds of small arms ammunition. Pope Francis has sent a message to French business leaders urging them to act on behalf of the common good. From Vatican Radio, Eduardo Garibaldi reports. The Holy Father noted that common good is the first word that comes to mind when thinking about entrepreneurs. They are defined as key players of development and well-being, as well as an essential engine of wealth, prosperity and public happiness. The media speak little of the difficulties and pain of entrepreneurs who close their businesses and fail through no fault of their own, Pope Francis wrote. Quoting the book of Job, instructive in stating that success is not a directly synonymous with virtue and goodness, and that misfortune is not synonymous with fault, striking even the just. On the contrary, the Church understands the suffering of the good entrepreneur, the Holy Father affirmed, recalling how from the very beginning the Church has welcomed merchants into her bosom. In the Bible and the Gospels, there is often talk of money, of trade, and among the most beautiful stories of salvation history, we also find stories that speak of economy. The Pope cited the father of the prodigal son in Luke's gospel, presented as a rich man, perhaps a landowner, or the good Samaritan, who could have been a merchant. According to Pope Francis, the way to participate in the common good today is by creating jobs, particularly for young people. Put your trust in young people, the Holy Father urged, adding that every new job created is shared wealth, which does not end up in the banks, producing financial interest, but is invested so that new people can work and make their lives more dignified. You are like Joseph, like Jesus, the Pope said, who spent part of his life working as a craftsman. The world became a carpenter. Without new entrepreneurs, our herd will not withstand the impact of capitalism. So far, you have done some things. Some of you have done a lot, but it's not enough. We are in a urgent period, a very urgent period. We must, you must do more. The children will thank you and die with them, the Pope concluded. I am Edoardo Giribaldi. The number of job openings in the U.S. is on the decline. New government figures show less than 9 million openings in July, indicating the labor market is cooling. The number of workers who quit their jobs fell to 3.5 million, which is the lowest since early 2021. Professional and business services, health care and state and local government saw the biggest decrease in job openings last month. And sky gazers make it to see a rare Full super blue moon this evening, the second of two August supermoons. This one will be the closest full moon to the Earth's surface at just over 222,000 miles away, according to Earth Sky. The moon should rise just before 8 p.m. Eastern with the blue moon at its brightest around 930. It was looking pretty big and bright this morning as I drove into work, Matt. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I always yeah, love I, I love the when the moon looks so I mean it's just it's so cool to see it like it just looks so big. As long so as it's cool. a moon and not a space station. Yes, I don't want the space station to look as big as the moon does. Although, I mean, I guess if the space station looked that big it would mean that it was about 222,000 miles away, so Just don't swear by it. I mean, that thing is inconstant. I can't believe I just even snickered at that. But that was good. (laughs) All right, you win this round, Matt. I got that one. You win this round. You got me. I must be a little too tired today. I got (laughs) you.
Congratulations. And today is Wednesday, August the 30th. It is the Feast of St. Jean Jugon. Pray for us. It's eight past. Dr. John Bergsma back with us on the Sunrise Morning Show. We've been going through his book, Love Basics for Catholics. Good morning, Doc. Good morning, Anna. So we are continuing to unpack the Song of Songs and... Today, getting kind of a better understanding of how this can be seen as as a metaphor for the love between God and and Israel and then by extension for the church. So, um, well, before we get to the Song of Songs itself, can you remind us the land is a huge theme throughout the entire Old Testament, is it not? It is indeed, all the way back to uh, Genesis 12. Um, where God first calls Abraham and tells him to go to a land that God will show him. It takes a big, big act of faith, you know, to head off to some place where you don't know and just have the Lord say, hey, I'll, I'll let you know when you get there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the Lord, give me a little more specific. I'd like to, I'd like to put that on way, uh, ways, you know. <laughs> yep. But, uh, but he goes off, and um, yes, so he comes into the promise of the possession of the land of Canaan, uh, which we know as the Holy Land. And you see that in the Song of Songs, the the funny imagery where her uh, eyes look like the pools of Heshbon, and she's compared to, uh, you know, Mount Carmel and, um, you know, the Tower of Lebanon and these different things. These are are just uh, prominent uh, landmarks within the promised land. And one of the dimensions of the song is that, in, in one sense, the bride is the land of Israel, is this um, uh, promised, uh, you know, uh, in, in a way, in, in the Bible, the, the, the promised land is a kind of Eden, a kind of Garden of Eden. But uh, the garden and the bride are, are very s- closely associated, and oftentimes the song will speak as if the body of the bride is a garden. Yeah, this is super interesting to me. You've got a handy little list here of uh, the various spots in Israel, the various landmarks in Israel that are mentioned here. The plain of Sharon in the north, the slopes of Gilead east across the Jordan River, the Tower of David in Jerusalem, the territory of Lebanon in the north, the wealthy cities of Terza. Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Terza in the north and Jerusalem in the south. The pools of Heshbon, as you mentioned, in the land of Jordan to the east. The Tower of Lebanon in the north near Damascus. Mount Carmel on the western seacoast. What are we to make of all of that? Well, we're to make that um, God's covenant promises are sure. He made a covenant with the ancestor of the people of Israel that, uh, that they would come into the possession of this land. And under their great leaders like Joshua and Solomon... They possessed all of these uh, places. Those were the boundaries in the east, west, north, and south. And uh, so God's covenant promises are sure. And uh, ultimately, you know, this is going to point forward to, um, to the church. And the church is given not just the land of Israel, but even more expansive. Um, you know, at the end of Matthew, uh, our Lord's sends the 12, who are like 12 new patriarchs of a new Israel, 
not just out to the land of, uh, of Canaan or the Promised Land, but, you know, out into all the world to make disciples of all nations. And so now Jesus Christ and the Church lay claim to all seven continents, and the whole globe can become a Garden of Eden because the Tree of Life, which is the Eucharist, and the River of Life, which is baptism, are extended everywhere throughout the globe, everywhere where there is a Catholic Church. It's really incredible. So then looking at the Song of Songs again, how do we see God as the beloved bridegroom? Indeed. So the beloved, of course, the word for beloved is David in Hebrew. And we can see that there's this theme that we're all very familiar with from the prophets like Hosea and Isaiah of God as husband and Israel as wife. But oftentimes in the Bible, uh, the Davidic king or the son of David as sacred king, he was kind of a stand-in for God, and he represented uh, God's what you might call husbandly or, or bridegroom nature. And so we see, for example, in Second Samuel 5, when David first becomes king of Israel, they come to him and the, the Israelites come to him and say, we are your bone and flesh echoing the words of Adam and Eve's relationship from Genesis 2. And um, Psalm 45 portrays the son of David as this very desirable bridegroom, all dressed in wonderful robes and smelling great with all kinds of uh, cologne, as it were. Mm -hmm. And uh, it even refers to him as God at one point. It says, your throne, O God, shall endure forever. And that's kind of provocative, but it's anticipating, of course, a time when the son of David, the king, is actually going to be God and going to be our bridegroom. And when we see Jesus wrapped in robes of linen and, and smothered in, in the cologne of myrrh and aloes in, uh, in John 19 and laid in the womb of the earth in the holy sepulcher at his death, we recognize that, oh, Jesus now is the one greater than Solomon, the most desirable bridegroom who's giving his body for his bride, the church. We'll leave it there and uh, look forward to the next time when we discuss the Song of Songs and the Temple of the Body, which uh, yeah. is another super interesting insight into the Song of Songs that you can read about in Love Basics for Catholics, which you can find linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. We've been talking to Dr. John Bergsma. Doc, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to you next time. All right. That sounds good to me. Quarter past, let's take a look at weather across the nation. Of course, Hurricane Idalia, the big news today, expected to make landfall around mid-morning somewhere along the Big Bend region of Florida as a Category 4. Areas along the Big Bend and Florida's Sun Coast should brace for potentially devastating storm surge and, of course, hurricane force winds. Areas farther inland, including northern Florida and even southern Georgia, should prepare for damaging winds and power outages as well. Storm surge and high winds aren't the only concern as rainfall amounts across parts of Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina may amount to five-plus inches heading into the overnight hours. Looking elsewhere in the country, a cold front sweeps through the northeast and mid-Atlantic by midday, bringing some morning showers across those regions. The only other places that could see rain today are the northwest, where a low-pressure system will be moving through, and the desert southwest, 
as monsoonal moisture triggers afternoon thunderstorms. The rest of the country will see sun and quiet weather. 16 past. We're back with headlines right after this. It's the Sunrise Morning Show. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. The kids got new supplies for back to school, so what do the parents get? Well, we suggest treating yourself to some good coffee, and the Mystic Monks of Wyoming have a number of blends to choose from. And when you link to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, sonrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on whatever you buy. You can also treat yourself to a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and a water bottle for your kid in our online store. Check out our store and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sunrisemorningshow.com. Get an insider's look at the latest information from EWTN. Sign up for WINGS, EWTN's weekly email newsletter. Get the latest information about live events, special features, and guests. Connect with EWTN on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Just go to EWTN.com and click on the WINGS link to sign up. Don't miss a minute of all that's happening at EWTN. Get your WINGS today. 18 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. Catholic Charities says they have supplies ready at local parishes and Catholic schools in the Diocese of St. Petersburg are closed today as Florida braces for Hurricane Idalia. All students of a Catholic school in Lahaina have been accounted for three weeks after the deadly wildfires there. And Pope Francis has sent a message to French business leaders urging them to act on behalf of the common good. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Anna Mitchell, as you know, the Sunrise Morning Show is your source for Catholic perspective on news, weather, sports, and more. And speaking of sports, uh, came across my feed. I don't know if you saw it, uh, but Sister Jean turned 101. Well, she's 104. Four. Threw out the first pitch at Wrigley Field on Monday night. Oh, did she? I didn't yeah. see that. That's awesome. At 104 so, years old. I saw it was her birthday, what, a week or two ago. Yeah, so she went out there um, in a wheelchair, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, I mean, she's been in it for a while. But uh, she did the Bugs Bunny wind-up and then an underhand softball throw. Oh, nice. Perfect. So I don't know how I'll be feeling at 104. I don't know if I'll make it even halfway there because I'm not even halfway there at the moment. Uh, but if I've still got the Bugs Bunny wind-up, mm-hmm. that'll be impressive. Oh, I can't wait to see this video. So, yeah. Uh, but Sister Jean's still out there, still throwing. Um, it's pretty cool. She's awesome. She's so awesome. 
So there you go. Now, now of course, they did scoot her up a little closer to the plate. But at 104, I feel like they should be allowed to scoot you up a little okay, closer to the plate. I'm trying you shouldn't to have to throw up. the full. Sister Jean first pitch. You shouldn't have to keep your toe on the rubber for the ceremonial first pitch at 104. What jersey was she wearing? Can you I tell? think she might have been wearing Loyola. Loyola Chicago. Oh, it said Sister Jean 104. It was a Cubs Oh, it's jersey. a Cubs jersey that says Sister Jean 104 on it. Okay. Sorry, I think she's wearing like a like a maroon Loyola Chicago hood in the mix there. Oh, neat. Neat, neat, neat. Well, there you go. Congratulations to Sister Jean. Anytime we oh, can get I'm just pulling. Sorry, I'm not talking because I'm just pulling up the video oh, and you're like, enjoying it. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm going to watch this. Very Jean. adorable. Oh, my That's gosh. Right. What mascot was receiving her pitch? I, I know this is not, I'm not doing this to promote the Cubs. <laughs> Only Sister Jean. That was 21 minutes past the hour. Jesus said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Do business with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Check out the angels list on sacredheartradio.com. It's a list of businesses who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the angels list, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. A mass with the anointing of the sick will be held on Labor Day, September 4th at 11 a.m. at St. Antoninus Church in Western Hills. If you are seeking physical, emotional, or spiritual healing, we encourage you to come or to stand in for someone who is in need. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Hi, I'm Jim Akers, board member with the Cincinnati chapter of Legatus. Catholic business leaders and their spouses meeting the challenge of balancing faith, family, and business. We meet once a month for mass and dinner, along with a local or national speaker and a wonderful venue throughout the city. Many of our speakers you have heard right here on Sacred Heart Radio. Please think about joining our group of Catholic leaders and become an ambassador for Christ in your business or profession. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Born from the heart of St. Daniel Comboni, the Comboni missionaries have served the poorest and most abandoned people in the world for more than 150 years. The Combonis improve quality of life with resources like food, clean water, and medicine. They provide vital education in schools and spiritually minister through the sacraments, all while preparing local Christian leaders to serve their people now and in the future. Find out more at ComboniMissionaries.org. Twenty-three minutes past the hour, you're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. So happy to have you along with us today. Father Rob Jack back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He is host of Driving Home the Faith on Sacred Heart Radio here in the Cincinnati area. He sits in my chair in the afternoon hours. Good morning, Father Rob. 
Morning, and actually, I sit in my chair. I move your chair out of the way and put mine in there. Oh, okay, well, that's fair <laughs> enough. You sit in the same location. spot, location. Yeah, we share a computer. We share resources. But you're right. We do have different chairs. That's true. That's, that's a true. good point. Well, we are going to be reflecting this morning on Psalm 139, a rather famous psalm. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and and known me. What kind of knowledge is David talking about here? Well, he's talking about a different kind of knowledge than we see being used against us today. You've noticed this. If you Google something, or let's say you look up, you want to look up something on children, you know, on one of your kids, and all of a sudden you look it up, and then you forget about it and go on. But every ad you're going to come up with on the computer and any other thing you look at, it's going to be dealing with that. So the omniscient artificial intelligence or the search engine will take that what you have put in, and it thinks it knows you. And so it'll say, well, since she saw smart, let me put this ad up, and let me put this ad up, and all mm-hmm. these kind of things. And doesn't it drives you crazy after yes. a while, doesn't it? Oh, yes, it does. Well, when we see what the psalmist does with with, with David in Psalm 139, it, it's a beautiful psalm of reflection on just how close God is to us. And God does not seek to offer us any harm. God does not want to sell us anything. God doesn't want to plant anything in our minds. Rather, God's grace, it says very clearly, you know, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, the abode of the dead, you're there. And we see this go on time and time again. He says, if I dwell on the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and my right hand shall hold me. So the closeness of God, the care of God, is something that we can put great trust in. Yeah, I wanted to look at verses 11 and 12, which comes right after what you were were just quoting there, Father. If I say, let only darkness cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Of course, we know from from the letter of John that God is light. Um, But isn't it so true for so many of us that there are points when we just want to hide from God in darkness? And that's because we don't really understand the Lord. We hide from him. That was the first thing Adam and Eve did after their sin. And so we recognize because of what we have done, we don't want God to know about it. Well, guess what? He knows. <laughs> and the question is then, what's our response? Our response is to be penitent and ask for mercy. And, you know, the very last line in Psalm 23, or Psalm uh, verse 23, says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. God is constantly the one who is helping us discern what is of him. And that closeness is not something that we should fear, but rather it's something we should invite. And that's why Psalm 139, in many ways, gives us a model of true prayer with God and true trust in God. Yeah, you know, I wanted to ask you about the end of this psalm because, you know, it's all about how these beautiful poetry from the psalmist about God knowing us and where can we flee from him. And you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. And then it's like, 
oh, that you would slay the wicked, oh God, and that men of blood would depart from me, men who maliciously defy you, who lift themselves up against you for evil. And I was thinking, you know, sure, that reads as as human enemies, those who were going after um going after, you know, as soldiers and, and, and the like. Israel. But, yeah. But could we also read that as as spiritual enemies, asking God to, to slay our sins, essentially? Well, not just our sins, but the the evil that seeks us. You know, we are, know we're tempted all the time, the evil spirits and the temptations that come to us. And, that, and that's why he says, God, know me and know where I am, and then help me stay on the right path. Again, this is a psalm besides praising God for his goodness and his... Uh, omissions and his omnipresence, it's his great love for us. And that because he knows us so well, there is nothing we can hide from him. And that shouldn't make us paranoid. Oh, no, God knows everything. Yes, he does know everything, but he doesn't do that to punish us. He does that to raise us up. And because it's a very different attitude than today. And as I said, with all the technology we have today, we say artificial intelligence knows us better than we know ourselves. The artificial intelligence only knows what we tell it. God knows beyond what we tell it. God knows the truth. And in that sense, he's someone we should not fear as giving us punishment. Rather, he is someone we should invite in to show us the real path to him. I was going to say, if he knows us better than anything if he knows us completely then i don't know he probably well i was gonna say he probably knows what's best for us doesn't he father well it's it's his will be done and so he knows his will for us and of course we know from scripture his will from us is our holiness as well as our our salvation and he knows the path and he gives it to us if we listen to him and psalm 139 is really the psalm of a soul that is so attuned to God. It's not afraid of the Lord, but rather he welcomes, uh, we welcome God every day into our life. And we find in that some peace. We find in that a real sense of uh, order and how we are to live in this life to get ready for the life to come. Beautifully put. We've been talking to Father Rob Jack. He's host of Driving Home the Faith on Sacred Heart Radio in Cincinnati. If you'd like to listen to him, Download the Sunrise Morning Show app through our website, and uh, you can listen live from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Father Rob, thank you so much. I promise I won't sit in your chair. I don't want to break it. (laughs) You bet, Father. No worries. I'm not sitting in your chair either, which looks way comfier than mine. All right. (laughs) Have a good day, Father. All right. It is half past the hour now, and it's time for news. Catholic Charities says they have supplies ready at local parishes as Florida braces for Hurricane Idalia. While their clinics will be closed today as the storm makes landfall, the organization says supplies like ready-to-eat meals, water, and tarps will be available at at least two local parishes starting tomorrow morning. Catholic schools in the Diocese of St. Petersburg were closed yesterday, and today the diocese anticipates schools reopening tomorrow. Meanwhile, FEMA is preparing for Hurricane Idalia as the storm is set to make landfall this morning. Trey Thomas reports. FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell said personnel and resources are being deployed to Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina. The president quickly approved an emergency declaration in advance of the storm in Florida, turning on the many tools that are available at my disposal to provide the governor any support or resources he may need. 
Chriswell warned residents to take the storm seriously. She said high winds are expected and up to 12 feet of storm surge could hit the Florida coastline. I'm Trey Thomas. All the students at a Catholic school in Lahaina are alive and accounted for three weeks after the deadly fire. Sacred Heart School burned down in the August 8th wildfire. Sacred Heart's Mission Church is now temporarily serving as the school campus. About half of the students returned on Monday. The others moved away from West Maui after they were displaced by the fire. The Biden administration says it's sending Ukraine $250 million in military aid to help the country's forces fight to drive out Russian troops. The package includes equipment to clear Russian minefields that have stalled Ukraine's counteroffensive. It also includes more ammunition for air defense to counter Russian drones and missiles. The Pentagon also sent Ukraine artillery shells and millions of rounds of small arms ammunition. The Vatican has released the video promoting the Pope's prayer intention for September, which is dedicated to people on the margins of society. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. Let us pray for those people on the margins of society in subhuman living conditions that they may not be neglected by institutions and never be cast out. In the Pope video produced by the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network, he reflected on the indifference endured by many people who are marginalized. A homeless person who dies on the street will never appear among the top stories of search engines or newscasts, he lamented wondering how our societies could have reached such a level of indifference. Pope Francis attributed this indifference to a throwaway culture in which millions of men and women are worth nothing compared to economic goods. He said our necks are going to get stiff from looking the other way so that we don't have to see this situation. The Pope then urged everyone to pay attention to people who face marginalization, even if it results from poverty, addictions, mental illness, or disability. In response to such indifference, he held up a culture of welcoming, of providing shelter, of giving a home, of offering love, and of giving human warmth. And Pope Francis concluded by inviting every Christian to pray for those people on the margins of society. According to the UN, over 10% of the global population, or 700 million people, live in extreme poverty. Reports from the World Health Organization say that one out of every eight persons lives with a mental disorder. In a press release from the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network, the prefect of the Dicastery for Promoting Integral Human Development echoed the Pope's prayer intention, inviting us to have hearts of flesh and not of stone. Welcoming is more than helping, said Cardinal Michael Cherney. It means putting the other person at our level, rediscovering a sister or a brother whom we have lost. I'm Devin Watkins. The number of job openings in the U.S. is on the decline. New government figures show less than 9 million openings in July, indicating the labor market could be cooler, cooling. That's the news. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on EWTN Radio. It's 35 past the hour. The Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by you. Yes, your donations make Catholic Radio possible. So to give a gift of any amount, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click donate or call 513-731-7740. And thank you. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Treating customers with integrity for over 90 years for heating, air conditioning, water heaters, plumbing, and more. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com skpha.com 
For over 90 years, the Jesuit Spiritual Center at Milford has enriched the spiritual lives of youth and adults, offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality. Enter into the silence of a weekend retreat and experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of St. Jean Jugon, Wednesday, August the 30th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Another awesome day ahead. Right now, it's pretty awesome with temperatures in the lower 60s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, mostly sunny and pleasant today with a high of 76 degrees. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 54. Mostly sunny skies tomorrow and a high of 78 degrees. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, partly cloudy skies today and a high of 75 degrees. Mostly clear tonight with an overnight low of 52. Lots of sun tomorrow and a high of 78 degrees. You're listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Download our app through sacredheartradio.com. Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Gary Zimak from followingthetruth.com. We've been going through his book, When Your Days Are Dark, God is Still Good. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Matt. So the whole purpose of this book is to look at biblical figures and the difficulties they've faced and what their stories can tell us about uh, how God looks out for his people despite all the crazy things that might go on in their world. Now, when you wrote this book, did you think... I got to lead with Job or I got to finish with Job because you got to do one or the other, right? Exactly. You know, Matt, it's interesting because when this book was being proposed and I was having discussions with the publisher, the one piece of instruction, the one piece of advice that I got from my editor was don't include Job because everybody expects you to use Job in this book. So just I would not include Job. But, you know, Matt, the more I prayed about it and the more I gave it thought, like you said, I, I realized Job had to be a part of this book. And, you know, one day I remember taking a walk, just trying to just say my prayers, talking to the Lord, trying to figure out what should be in the book and where it should go, you know, coming up with the table of contents. And, and I realized that Job, the story of Job was that, had, first of all, had to be included. But I thought it was the perfect way to end because no matter how powerful these stories are, no matter how many times I would look at biblical figures in the Bible and illustrate how God conclusively, according to the Bible, worked good and bad situations. I, I came to the realization that somehow, someday, somebody was going to read all these stories and say, you know what, that's still not good enough. I'm still not feeling it. And I think the story of Job gives us hope in the midst of that type of situation, because despite all the bad things that happened to Job. You know, he accepted them in the beginning. He said, all right, God gave me things. He can take them away. It's all up to him. I'm good with it. The more the story of Job uh, played out and the more suffering he went through and the more his friends tried to convince him that he did something wrong and he's the cause of this, eventually Job got frustrated. 
And he asked that question that gets so many of us in trouble. Why, God? Why me? What did I ever do to you? And in the end, God took his time, but he answered Job with a series of questions of his own. Ultimately, God said to Job, hey, Job, I'm God. You're not. You're never going to understand everything that I do. And, Matt, that was good enough for Job. And I think for some of us, we're going to be in that situation where these stories, they just don't do it for us. There'll be that one situation where it's like, ah, I still don't see it. I still can't accept God working. If we look at the story of Job, what happened to him, hopefully we can come to that conclusion someday that it's okay. It's okay if I don't understand everything because God is trustworthy, and I'm going to trust him no matter what. You know, what's interesting about the story of Job is it does not tie it all up with a neat little answer at the end, right, that right, you can sort right. of <laughs> you know, turn right. out and package for your friends and be like, hey, here's why evil and suffering exists. Here's a handy Bible verse to help you just figure it all out. Essentially, yeah. the book of Job is all these horrible things happen to Job, and Job says to God, I do not understand, and God, in like a powerful several chapters worth of unloading, says, no, Job. You don't understand, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think that some of us, I mean, those of us who are parents can kind of get this on some level in a very sort of microcosmic level. Like how many times have you done something or had your kids do something and they're like, but why? And you're like, mm-hmm. I could explain it to you, but we don't have time for it right now. And it wouldn't make sense. And even if you did hear why we're doing this this certain way, you might still not get it. Just do what I say. Okay? Right. Just do yeah. what I say. <laughs> it's the it's kind of where some of the because I said so stuff comes from. But in a very real way, there are reasons beyond what we're able to even tell our kids when we t- are talking to them when they're very small. Sometimes they just need to understand we know what's good for them and we're trying to help accomplish that good. And we can't explain everything right now. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think you hit on the key right there. The, the, the key of this whole process of being able to say, yes, God can work for good in any situation, including what I'm going through now, is to focus on the character of God and getting to know him personally and realize that he is trustworthy and he is looking out for what's best for me. I don't have to understand it. But what I have to understand is that God loves me and that he's bigger than my problems and that he's with me. And if I do that, like Job did, that, that'll that be good enough. And, you know, Matt, one thing, uh, one point I want to make about this whole uh, this story of Job, throughout the book of Job, Job's speaking a lot to God. He, they, they are having a dialogue, and, uh, you know, God is not answering at all. He's not saying a word until the 38th chapter of the book of Job. didn't respond to him at all, but when he did respond— as you read his questions, I think that there's, there are over 50 questions that Job asked God when he did begin speaking. What God is saying in his, in his dialogue, when you listen to his words, he's repeating some of the things that Job said to him. So when we look at it all along, God was listening to Job. And the fact that he wasn't answering him doesn't mean that he wasn't listening. I think, I think therein might lie the lesson for many of us. Sometimes we think, well, God's not hearing my prayers. Well, he's hearing them, but he doesn't, doesn't always feel the need to respond. And I think we can learn something from that. And, you know, that's what faith is all about. We're given the gift of faith when we're baptized. And throughout our life, we're given these occasions where we're, we're asked to use 
use our faith. If we had all the answers, faith wouldn't be necessary. Uh, I don't always like that, but I've grown closer to God because of the times when I have to trust him. Well, Gary, I am uh, embarrassed to admit that in less mature phases of my spiritual life, I have looked at Job's situation and thought to myself, man, this this is like me, man. This is like everything yep. is going wrong in my life, just like yep. Job. And in fact, uh, Job's situation is significantly worse than anything I've ever been through. <laughs> um, yeah. But at the yeah. same time, I know that right now there are people who lost almost everything in Maui, right? There are yeah. people who are in the process of losing everything right now in Tallahassee. And yeah. when I read Job, it may not apply to me in every aspect right now, but it reminds me to pray for the people who are in those situations right now, people in Nigeria who are losing everything because they are trying to follow Christ in a place where there is great hostility to their faith. People all over the place who are suffering so much worse than I am and just trying to understand, you know, how do I pray for them that they will get the comfort and consolation that Job gets from God here in some mysterious way? I mean, to me, Job is more of a book that causes empathy in me for others than it – well, it, it used to be something that I just used to soak in my own misery while I read. and <laughs> Now it's sort yeah. of expanded me a little bit, I would say. Matt, you know, that's a great point. That's a great point, and I, and I totally concur with what you're saying. That sometimes when, uh, when we are going through something, whatever it is, we do get a little self-absorbed. We, we turn inward. I, I'm very guilty of this, so you're not alone there. Um, but this does remind us that we do need to pray, and there's something we can do for those who often we feel we can't help. Uh, praying for people who have lost everything and who, like you said, are in the process of losing everything or just are in a hopeless situation and don't know how they're going to make it through the day. That's important, and, and I really appreciate you saying that. That's a great reminder. Well, we're praying for you. Uh, whether your situation is Job-like or whether you got a paper cut, right? <laughs> no matter what it is, if it's happening to you, it feels pretty big. Uh, and so uh, just praying for God's hope and peace and consolation. Uh, Gary, your book is called When Your Days Are Dark, God is Still Good, Biblical Advice to Help You Trust in Difficult Times, and a great reminder to pray for the people, especially this morning in, in Tallahassee uh, with the hurricane coming through. Gary, if our listeners want to connect with you, how do they do so? Matt, the best place is to go right to my website, followingthetruth.com. Linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thanks, Gary. Have a great day. All right, my friend. Thank you. All right, 14 till. Amy Welburn joins us next. The first annual Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage, sponsored by the Dominican Friars Foundation, will take place on Saturday, September 30th at the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. This all-day event will feature conferences by Father Gregory Pine, resuscitation of the rosary, a fervorino by Father Lawrence Liu, and mass with Father James Brent as homilist. Join us for this day of prayer to Our Lady. For more information, visit rosarypilgrimage.org. That's rosarypilgrimage.org. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. 
Waking up with Mystic Monk Coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming. And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to sonricemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission. Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's sonricemorningshow.com. Hey, Alexa, how many ways can I get EWTN? You can get EWTN on television, via cable and satellite, on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, and Google Play. You can get EWTN radio in your car on Sirius XM Channel 130 and on the go on any mobile device with the EWTN app. And here's the best news. Now you can get EWTN's great programming on me. Tell us how you prepare to go to confession. Share your story today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on most of these EWTN stations. And now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Amy Wellborn. You can find her blog, Charlotte Was Both. It's got all kinds of great reflections that span everything from current events to literary explorations. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Matt. I mean, I love the tabs at the top of your book, your your blog. It's like uh, books, travel, homeschooling, sex, and gender. I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I mean, this is... Uh, I'm place yeah i need to you know i probably should take the homeschooling one down because i don't homeschool anymore because everyone's gone everyone's in college but i it's there as a reference some i figure there are people who going through the same uh agonies and struggles as i did so keep it up there well you know your scars are important and uh they can help others uh, right. that being said uh you know there are a lot of people who are looking for literature for homeschools, but there are also a lot of people who meant to read books this summer, and right. uh, I don't know about you, I take books on vacation with me, but uh, whoever thinks that summer reading can get done when you're driving eight hours, it's just not going to happen, right? Or, uh, <laughs> you know, all the right. things that, that happen, but you, we've, we're going to take a different angle, because we've got a long weekend coming up, and the short story is a feasible thing that some of us could do. Uh, I mean... What do you think about the idea of short stories now? Because I don't see as many of short story collections as I, as I feel like I used to see when I was a kid. No, we don't. And, I mean, I think television um, and, of course, the Internet, but television has taken the role that short stories used to play in American culture. Um, they used to be um, you know, popular magazines, not just literary magazines, but popular magazines like the Saturday Evening Post and women's magazines like, you know, Good Housekeeping and all of that kind of stuff regularly featured, regularly in every issue, short stories that were written by, you know, not just scribblers looking for, you know, to be paid by the word, but by, you know, literary figures, um, established writers. And so, um, and then you know, short story collections were all, were often very good sellers. And um, so, as I said, I think a lot of that, you know, power has been taken by the fact that not as many people read as much, but also, you know, just financial, economic concerns in publishing as well as the role of television in our 
kind of our entertainment landscape. But that popularity of Catholic uh, of short stories extended to the Catholic world, the specifically Catholic world. Um, I recently on my blog I featured some mid-century and even re- more recently um, collections of specifically. Um, Catholic short stories that I thought were very interesting. None of them are in print anymore, of course. Of course uh, they're not. <laughs> no, I mean, hardly anything's in print. Uh, again, we go back to the economics of publishing. Um, but you can still find them. I mean, you can find them through your library if you have a good library system that hasn't tossed all of its books. Um, or you can find them online uh, and on various sites like archive.org that archive books that you can, quote, check out for a period of time on the Internet. So, as I said, I've I've recently featured a number of those collections that uh, I thought were very interesting and would all have, you know, good short stories that are great for weekend reading. Well, it used to be a great thing to um, to actually discover novelists as well. You know, you like the short story, you pick up their novel, um, you know, Flannery O'Connor is kind of the prime example of this, but also, you know, some others. Uh, you've got a few recommendations for somebody who just wants to pick up a short story, uh, and sure. you start the list with Flannery O'Connor. Of course, and you know, it's kind of people are like, "Oh, of course, Flannery O'Connor." <laughs> well, but you live in the South, and yeah. so like, you know, and I'm a fan, and you know, you have to, uh, and she's, you know, very, very important, and uh, uh, I will say. To listeners, to look out for maybe, or I don't know in what respect to look out for, but the actor and director and writer Ethan Hawke um, has made a movie about about Flannery O'Connor, starring his daughter Maya Hawke, which some people might know. Who some people might know from um, Stranger Things, um, the TV series Stranger Things, but it's called Wildcat. Um, and it filmed in Kentucky late last year, early this year. And the pictures look really good. The stills that have been released look really good. I don't know, again, what the outcome's going to be. But it's premiering, I think, at the Toronto Film Festival this September, this next month. So I'm looking forward to that. But anyway, um, you know, Flannery O'Connor is controversial. Not everybody loves Flannery O'Connor like some of us do. She can be difficult to understand if you don't kind of understand her theology and where she's coming from, which is a very hard theology of grace, which is means that, you know, God's always throwing grace out to us and we're always resisting it. And sometimes we have to be literally like hit on the head in order to kind of recognize that grace. Um, And one of my favorite short stories by her is called The Displaced Person. Um, And it's about a farm woman in the South post-World War II who is challenged to take in a refugee family from some unnamed um, Eastern European country. So we have that conflict and between a Catholic, you know, uh, ethnically Catholic um, family and population, and then this, um, you know, Pentecostal evangelical woman. And it's a long story, but it's very rich, very good, very funny. Flannery O'Connor is very funny. Um, And in the end, we see this woman who has, like I said, been challenged. And one of the things that is present in this story that readers will see in a lot of Catholic-themed short stories is the figure of a religious. Um, you know, it can be either a, you know, a priest, nun, monk. Uh, 
who kind of figures as a central metaphor for faith in a lot of respects. In this story specifically, the priest functions as a metaphor for faith in the sense of kind of a solid presence, a solid quirky presence, but a solid presence of uh, fidelity and faith nonetheless. But in a lot of Catholic short stories, you'll see this the figure of the vowed religious functioning as, um, as, as a symbol almost for kind of the struggles of faith that all of us go through because they are a very powerful symbol in their, you know, the, the promises they make and the visibility of their lifestyle. So sometimes that can be controversial in people's eyes, but I think it's a very powerful metaphor that we see a lot. Well, I'm uh, going to just encourage people to head over to Charlotte Was Both, which is your blog, uh, because I'm going to go and see if I can figure out how to find some of these short story collections that you've mentioned, yeah. especially the substance of things hoped for, which has Francois Mariac. It's got Shusako Indo in it. <laughs> like yeah. some of these cool mid-century uh, American Catholic short story collections sound fascinating. So maybe a good yeah. way to get into some reading before the summer officially or actually unofficially ends over Labor Day. Amy, Amy Wilburn, thank you so much as always. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks, Matt. There are some cool finds on Amy's blog if you're looking for old school sort of buried treasure books. We got another full hour of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up for most of you listening across EWTN. It's three minutes till. Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Brad Torline will tell us about the upcoming year for the Angelical Project. Mike Aquilina will discuss his new Fathers of the Faith book on St. John Chrysostom. I will reflect on God's personal knowledge of us. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozart Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozart Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait at brozartpharmacy.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. Hi, I'm Guy Cagney with the Cagney Family and Coble Banker Real Estate, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Our Catholic faith is the center of our family life and how we do our real estate business. Hope that you and your family will remain safe and healthy this year. 513-347-1888. When you donate your car to St. Vincent de Paul of Cincinnati, you are showing your care by making it a vehicle for hope to transform lives. Your donation of a car, truck, or RV helps provide basic needs to struggling neighbors, and they'll pick it up for free. Find out more at 421care.org. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.com. 
www.engagedencounter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bridgetown Finer Meats, the place to go for Wagyu beef. This beef is bred from authentic Wagyu genetics from legendary Japanese bloodlines. Holistically raised on local family farms, Wagyu is all natural with no added hormones, highly marbled, and absolutely delicious. Since 1979, Bridgetown Finer Meats has continually offered prime beef, top quality pork, Amish poultry, fresh seafood, and a vast array of homemade foods. Bridgetown Finer Meats, 574-3100 and online at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened, and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at MollyMade.com. Molly Made, a clean you can trust. I'm Father Chet, Artishevitz of the Glen Mary Home Missioners, and thank you so much for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. This Wednesday, the 30th of August, let's begin in prayer together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, you are the rock on which we stand firm. Uphold those who seek to live justly in places of injustice. You are without deceit. Free those who conceal their hearts in falsehood and betray the trust of others. You alone are our leader. Protect us from the allure of false messiahs. O God of justice and of love, you care for your people in every time and place, despite our tendency to stray from you in our foolishness. Keep us in your care from morning until evening, that we may come to rest safely in the shadow of your all-powerful wings. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. It is a better way to start a Wednesday morning, the Sunrise Morning Show, here on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Well, actually, that's who produces it, but you're hearing it on, I don't know, St. Gabriel Radio, maybe the Covenant Network, perhaps Guadalupe Radio, or Ave Maria Radio, or Real Presence Radio, somewhere amid the hundreds of affiliates. We're glad that you're along. I'm Matt Swain, Anna Mitchell has news, Paul Lockman at the controls, and up this hour, we'll talk to... Uh, Father Philip Michael Tangora, he actually just celebrated his 14th anniversary as a priest. So congratulations to him. Uh, also this hour, Carlo Broussard will talk about gender relativism and gender abolitionism, something that we're all kind of trying to figure out how to wrap our minds around. I don't know about you, but uh, there's the corporate version, and then there's the stuff my friends struggle with, and it's really hard to figure out how to talk on both levels. So hopefully Carlo will give us some help. Father Philip Luray is going to give us some thoughts on the World Day of Peace and uh, the message from the Holy Father regarding artificial intelligence. And then Bishop Mikhail Moraidian is going to be along. Uh, he's a Catholic bishop, an Armenian Catholic bishop, who's going to talk about some of the significant struggles that are going on in Armenia right now that aren't getting a lot of reporting. And also he's going to be presenting for the Institute of Catholic Culture soon, and we'll hear about that. So... Stay with us if you can. Right now it's two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news, a service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. 
Good morning. Catholic Charities says they have supplies ready at local parishes as Florida braces for Hurricane Idalia. Catholic schools in the Diocese of Peters, St. Petersburg were closed yesterday and today, and they anticipate schools reopening tomorrow. Catastrophic storm surge and destructive winds are expected in Florida's Big Bend region throughout this morning as the hurricane gained strength. More from Mark Mayfield. The National Hurricane Center says it's forecast to be an extremely dangerous Category 4 intensity when it makes landfall soon. That brings the possibility of catastrophic damage, structural damage, and uprooted trees and utility poles. Idalia has maximum sustained winds of roughly 110 miles per hour. I'm Mark Mayfield. All the students of a Catholic school in Lahaina are alive and accounted for three weeks after the deadly wildfire in the area. Sacred Hearts School burned down in the August 8th fire. Sacred Hearts Mission Church in Kapalua is now temporarily serving as the school campus. About half of the students returned on Monday. The others had moved away from West Maui after they were displaced by the fire. Attorneys with the Thomas More Society are promising to appeal after pro-life activist Lauren Handy was found guilty of violating the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances, or FACE Act. The Justice Department claimed in the suit that she and four others conspired to physically block a late-term abortion facility in Washington in October of 2020. Each now faces up to 11 years in prison and a maximum fine of $350,000. Pope Francis has sent a message to French business leaders urging them to act on behalf of the common good. From Vatican Radio, Eduardo Garibaldi reports. The Holy Father noted that common good is the first word that comes to mind when thinking about entrepreneurs. They are defined as key players of development and well-being, as well as an essential engine of wealth, prosperity and public happiness. The media speak little of the difficulties and pain of entrepreneurs who close their businesses and fail through no fault of their own, Pope Francis wrote. Quoting the book of Job, instructive in stating that success is not directly synonymous with virtue and goodness, and that misfortune is not synonymous with fault, striking even the just. On the contrary, the Church understands the suffering of the good entrepreneur, the Father affirmed, recalling how from the very beginning the Church has welcomed merchants into her bosom. In the Bible and the Gospels, there is often talk of money, of trade, and among the most beautiful stories of salvation history, we also find stories that speak of economy. The Pope cited the father of the prodigal son in Luke gospel presented as a rich man, perhaps a landowner, or the good Samaritan who could have been a merchant. According to Pope Francis, the way to participate in the common good today is by creating jobs, particularly for young people. Put your trust in young people, the Holy Father urged, adding that every new job created is shared wealth, which does not end up in the banks, producing financial interest, but is invested so that new people can work and make their lives more dignified. You are like Joseph, like Jesus the Pope said, who spent part of his life working as a craftsman. The world became a carpenter. Without new entrepreneurs, our herd will not withstand the impact of capitalism. So far, you have done some things. Some of you have done a lot, but it's not enough. We are in a urgent period, a very urgent period. We must, you must do more. The children will thank you and die with them, the Pope concluded. I am Edoardo Giribaldi.
The Holy See Press Office is clarifying comments from Pope Francis that upset the head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. Vatican Press Director Matteo Bruni said the Pope, when speaking to Russian youth recently, did not intend to promote Russian imperialism. The Holy Father said to the the children, quote, do not forget your heritage. You are heirs of a great Russia, the great Russia of saints, of kings, the great Russia of Peter II, Catherine II, that great and enlightened Russian empire of much culture and much humanity. He said, never deny this heritage. You are the heirs of the great mother Russia. Carry on with it. And thank you. Thank you for your way of being and for being Russian, end quote. The statement afterwards from the press director said, quote, the Pope intended to encourage young people to preserve and promote what is positive in Russia's great cultural and spiritual heritage and certainly not to glorify imperialistic logic and government personalities. And there is going to be a full super blue moon this evening. Matt, do you know what a full super blue moon is? Um, is it like a beer? Uh, no. Okay. Okay, so then a I full moon, you know what that is? I do know that. Okay, a I super moon. Yes, I know what that is. A blue moon. Uh... Yes. That's when you get two full moons in a month. Okay. So this is apparently very rare. So I just thought I'd let people know. They can look up and they'll see a ginormous full blue moon. But the moon will not look blue. Okay. Okay. That's all. Well, okay. I mean, that's that's a very important thing to point out. Like, I think people will, will be seeing this and think, I got to... I gotta check out, check out the the moon will be blue, and it will not be blue. Nope. It's just the phenomenon, once in a blue moon, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Although I feel like we've had a couple of blue moons lately, so. Yeah. But yeah, well, that's what that expression means. Well, now you know. Now you know. That moon. We try to keep you culturally aware here on the Sunrise Morning Show. The moon is always going through a phase of some kind. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Philip Michael Tangora. He is a pastor and a canon lawyer from the Diocese of Patterson, New Jersey. Father, good morning. Good morning. All right, so I've been in a lot of dioceses where some strange things have happened, but I can't imagine uh, just how bewildering it's been for people in the Diocese of Albany um, over the situation involving Bishop Hubbard over the past couple of months where he announced... Uh, that he was uh, entering into a civil marriage, and then the next thing you know, he has a stroke and passes away. I, what was the state of his, well, I mean, I guess what was his canonical status through the course of the past couple months? Well, it well, clearly not a good canonical status as a, you know. Uh, so the situation, um, as I understand it, is the fact that he would have been, they would have begun a penal procedure against him. And uh, the difficulty is now that he has passed, what would happen with that uh, penal procedure? And ever since 897, January of 897, where Pope Formosus was dug up uh, 
and put on trial, even though he was dead already for seven months by Pope Stephen VI. Uh, and then he was found guilty in that court. And if you could call it a court, and then his corpse was thrown into the Tiber. Uh, there has been a real reticence in the Catholic Church, as you could understand, uh, to try dead people. Yeah, it's a very, very bad look. And also, it really is. You cannot, <laughs> you you cannot really uh, pass down any kind of a of a sentence uh, either. But at the no. same time, um, there are very real uh, alleged damages done under. The yes. the headship, the leadership of Bishop Hubbard, and of course we're seeing we're seeing some similar things playing out in the Cardinal McCarrick trial on a, a much different level of allegation, right? And sure, uh, Cardinal McCarrick sure. not being able to be fit to stand trial, and who knows uh, how much longer well, he'll that, live. That, and how those play are out, right? those were secular courts. He stood trial in. Oh, that's right. In cat, all right, he stood trial. And he has been excommunicated, and re he has been dispensed of the clerical state. He is not a cleric. He is no longer a cardinal or anything of that sort. He is Mr. McCarrick, and he is has has been uh, has forced imposed residence in certain situations, and those are very restricted residences. I mean, he has faced you know it's in essence you know Catholic jail. Um, so he, he has faced trial in the Catholic Church and been found guilty. He, uh, there's a totally different thing with the civil cases in different uh, states, such as New York, where uh, they found him unfit. Now, there are some precedents in um, Catholic canon law that deal with if the accused is dead. So in that Vadi Makum, the second version that came out in June... Uh, 5th of June of 2022, if at some time uh, during the notizia de, de delictio, so that during the notification of the delict, uh, the concern of a cleric who is already deceased, there cannot be a penal trial. And this is because of the right to defend oneself, the right to be heard. The right to defense is something that cannot be dispensed. All right. So if the person's already dead, you can't have a trial against them. Uh, if it's if it's the fact that there was a preliminary investigation and then the person dies during the preliminary investigation, it can be that the trial uh, the trial has to cease. There can it can no be it, there can be no uh, penal procedure in that case. If an accused cleric dies during the penal process, so that means that they most likely have been heard, they have given testimony. This fact then needs to be communicated to the diacastry for the doctrine of the faith. And then at that point in time, it becomes the onus of the diacastry of the doctrine of the faith to determine whether or not his rights to be heard and defend himself have been fulfilled such that the trial could either go forward or they have to just suspend the trial. That's wild. And it's... Uh... Yeah, you can see why it's so confusing, because when you've got civil courts involved in some of these things, along with church courts, and uh, exactly. I mean, really, really disorienting for someone who's not steeped in the canon law process. So then what happens? Like, what's what's going to happen now? God. God's going to judge him. I guess so. Okay. And, and that's, the, that's the judgment that is truly supreme, and that is the judgment that actually affects 
uh, you know, the salvation of the soul, you know, is he going to be in heaven or is he going to be in hell? I mean, that's far more significant than whether he's going to be removed from the clerical state. Uh, so uh, I just also want to say that if the accuser dies during a penal process, there is also the fact that um, unless there is uh, the, the trial is then for concluded at that stage, wherever it was at, unless the heir of the deceased, a successor who can uh, speak for them Picks and up the continue, mm -hmm. yes, would then be able to continue. So, for instance, in cases where a adult who was a child was sexually abused by a priest, then commits a suicide, which unfortunately has happened, it is possible for the aggrieved parents or some other uh, heir to continue the trial. Man, I wish we didn't even have to talk about any of this stuff personally, uh, but it's yeah. uh, just a reminder that there is sin in the world and that there is sin in the church. And uh, we got to pray for people, uh, for victims, first and foremost, for perpetrators, for their conversion, for reparations, for all of it. Uh, thank yep. you so much. Immaculate Father. Heart of Mary. Yeah, right. as we continue and, and close out the month dedicated to her immaculate heart, right? Mother of the church, pray for us. Father Tangora, thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. All right. God bless everybody. 16 minutes past the hour. We're back with headlines right after this. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. The first annual Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage, sponsored by the Dominican Friars Foundation, will take place on Saturday, September 30th at the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. This all-day event will feature conferences by Father Gregory Pine, Resuscitation of the Rosary, a Fervorino by Father Lawrence Liu, and Mass with Father James Brent as homilist. Join us for this day of prayer to Our Lady. For more information, visit rosarypilgrimage.org. That's rosarypilgrimage.org. It's back to school time and back to a busier morning routine. If you're going to need some help to get going, get yourself a few bags of Mystic Monk coffee. And when you go to the Mystic Monk site through the link you find at sunrisemorningshow.com, you'll give us a boost with a commission on your purchase. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and perhaps a water bottle for your student. All available in our online store. Find our store and link to Mystic Monk coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. What's stopping you from becoming a Catholic? Why can't women become priests? I don't understand why I have to earn salvation. How is it possible that God created everything? Why do I need to confess my sins to why a priest? Why is the Catholic Church so unwilling to recognize? The Catholic Church is too rich. Catholics worship Mary and our community. As far as I'm concerned, all religions are equal. You are called to communion with Dr. David Anders. Today, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. 
18 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. Catholic Charities says they have supplies ready at local parishes as Florida now braces for Hurricane Idalia to make landfall. Idalia. I keep pronouncing the storm's name incorrectly. All the students of a Catholic school in Lahaina are alive and accounted for for three, three weeks now after the deadly wildfire there. And the Vatican has released a video promoting the Pope's prayer intention for September dedicated to people on the margins of society. Well, while we're talking about people on the margins of society, mm-hmm. I want to talk about people on the margins of the church and maybe on the margins of the margins of the people who are in, okay. interested in the church. You know, at the Coming Home Network, we get lots of inquiries about people uh, from people who want to become Catholic and many of them find the time of the local RCIA program mm-hmm. and then they uh, just drive on up. And do it, but uh, as John Kramer from the Lego Church Project would remind us, not everybody who wants to become Catholic can drive or has a ride. Oh yeah. So, uh, and uh, we, I run into a lot of them. Uh, maybe they're incapable of getting a driver's license. Maybe they used to be able to drive and can't anymore. Uh, maybe they have transportation issues in general due to misfortune. So, just a heads up to any of you who want to know a handy, easy way help someone into the church sometimes you can help somebody into the church by explaining stuff sometimes you can help somebody in the church by just picking them up and dropping them off it's a fabulous point too it's having an increased awareness of who is in your parish or who would you know the I think a lot of times we like to just sit in our same pew and you know say our prayers and then get up and leave. I mean, I know that that's, well, I'm trying to like herd cats out of church every time, but to have an awareness of who is there, we need to know um, who these people are because they're our family. They are our family. And some of them are trying to join the family at a deeper level. So keep an eye out. It's 21 minutes past the hour. For more than two decades, Sacred Heart Radio has filled the local airwaves with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Catholic perspective on issues and events. And because of your participation, we've had the resources to share the ministry of our local clergy and produce the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith. But even though you'll soon see the Sunrise Morning Show on video, our work to bring others to Christ has only begun. So please tell everyone you know where locally they'll hear the good news on Sacred Heart Radio and on the Sacred Heart Radio app. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Stegman Landscape. Serving the tri-state since 1979, Stegman Landscape can create a picture-perfect landscape all year long. From design, installation, and maintenance to retaining walls, patios, and outdoor fireplaces to enjoy any season, Stegman Landscape can do it all. Stegman Landscape, making the world more beautiful one yard at a time. 859-781-1562 and online at stegmanlandscape.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, Merlot, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay. When you're looking for an extensive selection of fine handcrafted wines from around the world, it's the BFM Wine Shop on Bridgetown Road. 
BFM Wine stocks over a thousand labels of high-quality wine from boutique wineries and small producers. There's also the Wine of the Month, their e-newsletter, and pairing suggestions with fine food. The BFM Wine Shop, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, on the web at BridgetownFinderMeats.com. All are precious in God's sight, no matter our age, race, ability, or residence. Yet many lives are threatened, especially in the womb. Cincinnati Right to Life works to protect the good gift of life at every age and every stage. For more information, go to CincinnatiRightToLife.org. Three minutes past the hour. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Carlo Broussard. He's an apologist with Catholic Answers. You can listen to his Sunday Catholic Word podcast at MrSundayPodcast.com. And he'd love to speak at your parish. Invite him through CatholicAnswersSpeakers.com. We're going through his book, The New Relativism. Good morning, Carlo. Good morning, Anna. So we are going to begin looking at your chapter in this book, Thou Shalt Not Say He or She. Lay this one out for us. Yeah, so this is the chapter dealing with contemporary gender ideology. So what we have, I I list a few examples. Uh, There's so many examples, right, in our culture. Uh, But... I chose four that sort of represent the movement, two of which uh, gained quite a bit of attention. You have one named Caitlyn Jenner. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was the one who sort of pioneered and paved the way, at least on the popular level, for everyone within this movement. In 2017, he did an exclusive interview with Diane Sawyer in which he said, for all intents and purposes, I'm a woman. And of Mm -hmm. course, in that same year, he received the 2015 Glamour Women of the Year Award. Mm -hmm. And then we have one named Leah Thomas, who says very succinctly, I'm not a man, I'm a woman. And he thought that was his justification to compete on the University of Pennsylvania's women's swim team. I'm a woman, he said, just like anybody else on the team. And of course, he would go on to represent the University of Pennsylvania at the NCAA Women's Swimming and Diving Championship and was awarded the title. And so these are two that sort of represent contemporary gender ideology within modern culture. And the reason why I bring it up in the book is because, as I explain in this chapter, Anna, I see in these claims by Jenner and Thomas the manifestation of total relativism, which Mm. is the section of the book that we're in right now. The idea that there's no objective truth independent of one, what one thinks, perceives, or has a conception of. Okay. So tell us more about gender identity and, and what is all encompassed in that. And then how do we expose total relativism in it? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, whenever you encounter these individuals, the question arises, Anna, well, what in the world is going on, right? Why would biological males claim to be women and why women claim to be men, vice versa? But let's just stick with Jenner and Thomas. Well, the answer is that they perceive themselves to be women in light of their gender identity. That's the lingo, their gender identity is woman and their gender identity is different than the biological sex that was assigned to them 
at birth. Now you might ask, well, what is gender identity? Well, one institution defines it as one's most inner concept of self, as male, female, a blend of both or neither. Planned Parenthood defines it as how you feel inside and how you express those things, those feelings. So notice gender identity is the inner concept of self, the inner sense or feeling of being woman in the case of Jenner and Thomas. Now, we think, Anna, right off the bat, like, yeah, that's relativism, man. What I say goes, what I say is mm -hmm. true, right? Yeah. But somebody might counter and say, well, you can't really say transgenderism and this absolute is associated with a form of relativism because transgender people didn't define for themselves their inner concept of self. Mm. It's not like they're waking up and saying, today I'm going to be woman. Rather, they discover the feeling of being woman. Oh, interesting. Now, Anna, think about it. There is a difference. It's one thing to discover the feeling or the inner sense or inner perception that I'm a woman, but then it's another thing to make the judgment that the feeling inside is of the kind being woman. And therein lies relativism. Because notice then, Anna, the very meaning of the term woman, the very reality of being a woman is now relative to the individual's subjective judgment of what it is to be a woman. It's so it's private and not verifiable by anybody outside to determine whether that inner sense or feeling is of the kind being a woman. And so it's entirely private. It's entirely relative to the individual's subjective judgment. So notice here, Anna, we have at least a gender relativism. Mm -hmm. But as you know, Anna, if you give relativism an inch, it's going to tear yes. down the whole darn house. Yeah, absolutely. Because notice, because notice the reality of woman is relative to the individual's judgment, and so is the reality of a man. Well, if the reality of a woman and a man can be relative to the individual's judgment and the inner sense or feeling, well, then what about the reality of age? What about the reality of our biological, our, our bodily conditions? What about the reality of our own nature as a human being or our species? Mm -hmm. Once you make the reality of one thing dependent and relative to the individual subjective judgment, then you make the reality of everything dependent and relative to the individual subjective judgment. Yeah. And so I give examples in the culture of, you know, um, relativism with bodily condition, with age, with race, with species. And this is what contemporary gender ideology entails, total relativism, and that's what it leads to. Yeah, I was just say we'll unpack more of this in uh, future conversations, but I, I can't remember the person's name, but the, the white woman who, who claimed to be black. I've heard of high school students, like, literally claiming to be toasters. Um, I mean, this... The... The possibilities are endless when you start doing this. You can read yeah. more about it in the new relativism linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Carlo, thank you so much. Thank you, Anna. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. All right. It's half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Catholic Charities says they have supplies ready at local parishes as Florida is bracing for Hurricane Idalia. While their clinics will be closed today as the storm makes landfall, the organization says supplies like ready-to-eat meals, water, and tarps will be available at local parishes starting tomorrow. 
Catholic schools in the Diocese of St. Petersburg were closed yesterday as well as today. The diocese anticipates opening schools again tomorrow. Meanwhile, FEMA is preparing for the hurricane as the storm is set to make landfall this morning. Trey Thomas reports. FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell said personnel and resources are being deployed to Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina. The president quickly approved an emergency declaration in advance of the storm in Florida, turning on the many tools that are available at my disposal to provide the governor any support or resources he may need. Chriswell warned residents to take the storm seriously. She said high winds are expected and up to 12 feet of storm surge could hit the Florida coastline. I'm Trey Thomas. All the students of a Catholic school in Lahaina are alive and accounted for now three weeks after the deadly wildfire there. Sacred Hearts School burned down in the August 8th fire. The Mission Church in Kapalua is now temporarily serving as the school campus. About half of the students returned on Monday. The others moved away from West Maui after they were displaced by the fire. Attorneys with the Thomas More Society are promising to appeal after pro-life activist Lauren Handy was found guilty of violating the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances, or FACE Act. The Justice Department had claimed she and four others conspired to physically block a late-term abortion facility in Washington in October of 2020. Each faces up to 11 years in prison now and a maximum fine of $350,000. The Vatican has released the video promoting the Pope's prayer intention for September, which is dedicated to people on the margins of society. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. Let us pray for those people on the margins of society in subhuman living conditions that they may not be neglected by institutions and never be cast out. In the Pope video produced by the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network, he reflected on the indifference endured by many people who are marginalized. A homeless person who dies on the street will never appear among the top stories of search engines or newscasts, he lamented, wondering how our societies could have reached such a level of indifference. Pope Francis attributed this indifference to a throwaway culture in which millions of men and women are worth nothing compared to economic goods. He said our necks are going to get stiff from looking the other way so that we don't have to see this situation. The Pope then urged everyone to pay attention to people who face marginalization, even if it results from poverty, addictions, mental illness, or disability. In response to such indifference, he held up a culture of welcoming, of providing shelter, of giving a home, of offering love, and of giving human warmth. And Pope Francis concluded by inviting every Christian to pray for those people on the margins of society. According to the UN, over 10% of the global population, or 700 million people, live in extreme poverty. Reports from the World Health Organization say that one out of every eight persons lives with a mental disorder. In a press release from the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network, the prefect of the Dicastery for Promoting Integral Human Development echoed the Pope's prayer intention, inviting us to have hearts of flesh and not of stone. Welcoming is more than helping, said Cardinal Michael Cherney. It means putting the other person at our level, rediscovering a sister or a brother whom we have lost. I'm Devin Watkins. The Biden administration says it's sending Ukraine $250 million in military aid to help the country's forces fighting to drive out Russian troops. The package includes equipment to clear Russian minefields that have stalled the Ukrainian counteroffensive. It also includes more ammunition for air defense to counter Russian drones and missiles, 
as well as artillery shells and millions of rounds of small arms ammunition. The Holy See Press Office is clarifying recent comments from the Pope that upset the head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. The Vatican Press Director, Matteo Bruni, said in a statement that the Pope, when speaking to Russian Catholic youth recently, did not intend to promote Russian imperialism, but to encourage young people. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour. Put your money where your heart is. Do business with someone who shares your faith and values. From Sacred Heart Radio's Angels List of Underwriters. And don't forget to tell them where you found out about them. Go to sacredheartradio.com and click Angels List. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Water heaters, plumbing repair, and drain cleaning backed by Schneller Knockelman's 100% satisfaction guarantee. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com. skpha.com. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives. More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass. More information is at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of St. Jean Jugon, Wednesday, August the 30th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Another awesome day ahead. Right now, it's pretty awesome with temperatures in the lower 60s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, mostly sunny and pleasant today with a high of 76 degrees. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 54. Mostly sunny skies tomorrow and a high of 78 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, partly cloudy skies today and a high of 75 degrees. Mostly clear tonight with an overnight low of 52. Lots of sun tomorrow and a high of 78 degrees. You're listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Download our app through sacredheartradio.com. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Philip LeRae from Humanity 2.0, and uh, he has got some great stuff to say about the questions of technology and artificial intelligence and what in the world we're supposed to make of that as Catholics. Father, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Glad to be on the show again. Yes, glad to, uh, glad to have you back. So the Pope's theme for the next World Day of Peace is artificial intelligence and peace, and I think it's worth noting that when it comes to this conversation, it's not like the Vatican woke up one day and says, well, I mean, technology's in getting out of control. Maybe we should say something about it. There's a longstanding tradition of the church's commentary on social communications, so I imagine that whatever we get is probably going to be in harmony with that. I think what we're going to see is the Pope's insistence on person-centered AI. So he's said that a couple of times already, and we know that uh, Archbishop Paglia is also homing in on, on this idea to put the human person at the center of technology. So you're absolutely right. This is not a new concept. It's been uh, 
going on for a long time. Uh, but it is, I think, interesting to note that the Pope is actually tackling the issue of artificial intelligence. Uh, and so many people have asked me, oh, what's the Pope's stance on this? And I uh, usually say, well, he has other priorities right now. He's, you know, uh, worried about the peace in Ukraine. He's worried about immigration. He's worried about the ecology. I think those, those will be some of the issues he'll mention in his come, upcoming visit to Mongolia. Uh, but now we see that the uh, Pope Francis himself is taking a stance on artificial intelligence. So I, I, I just think that's very timely, and I think that's what we need right now. Well, I think it's interesting that in every single issue you just sort of rattled off is stuff that the Pope tends to talk about as it crops up in global discourse. Uh, they all kind of get answered the same way, which is, well, uh, God made human beings in his image. Let's start with that <laughs> and work out from there, right? Whether that has to do with what we think about ecology or immigration or economic systems or any of that stuff, that's where it all starts, right? I mean, this is this is kind of how the church has dealt with a whole bunch of things through the centuries. Yeah, exactly. Uh, obviously, if, if we can point to uh, a doctrine or a phrase by Jesus Christ relating to these issues, that's a lot easier because he is the, the center of our faith. Uh, but Jesus never spoke about artificial intelligence. So we have to, you know, kind of come up with uh, with another nuance. And, and I think it's going to be fascinating to see where Pope Francis uh, wants to take the issue. Uh, we probably uh, have an insight to what he's going to say with the uh, document from the Santa Clara University uh, Macula Center on ethics and AI. Uh, they, they just released a handbook about two months ago, which uh, Archbishop Tai from the Dicastery of Culture and Education has endorsed publicly. Uh, writing an introduction to that, and, and he himself worked closely with the uh, the professors on on this handbook of ethics and AI. I, th I think that um, I, I think that we're going to see some of some of those positions come out in the Pope's message, and and I think uh, we'll probably see the message come out sometime in December. So then we'll have uh, a little bit uh, something much more concrete to, to to talk about. Well, I think it's interesting too that. The church is is usually careful to not uh, articulate points of policy that need to be legislated, but more principles that have to be at the forefront of all decision-making, because whatever the pope is going to say about AI is not going to be directed at uh, a, specific, a specific political process in the United States of America, for example, right? He's got he's to figure out how, how this works for, for everybody, <laughs> right? That's a, that's a difficult line to walk when you're trying to figure out a principle that will make sense to, to all Catholics everywhere, and also a lot of non-Catholics who will also be reading this. Yeah. Um, let me plug a uh, app which is uh, taking the Catholic world by storm these days called Magisterium AI, and you can... Yeah, I'm looking forward on. to when we can have a full conversation about that one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's now being used by uh, in over 125 countries and 10 different languages. So I'm on the advisory committee of that. And uh, it, 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 it's just it's just such a cool thing. And I think what it sh this shows us a good use of AI without any uh, uh, 
shall we say, defects or disadvantages of, for example, ChatGPT giving you wrong answers or making up answers because it doesn't know, et cetera. The Magisterium AI is trained on a narrow uh, selection of, of documents from the Catholic Church, and it's always going to give you the right answer, and it's going to reference that answer. So a lot of my students are using it, uh, which I think is great. I think it's not going to substitute thinking for yourself, but I think it's going to help the, the students and scholars uh, have access to information, a lot of information. I think there's over 3,000 official documents now uh, part of uh, part of the database. And uh, yeah, it's uh, Matt, get on get online and and uh, and do some work with Magisterium AI. Well, I'm looking forward to it for uh, for a few different reasons that I hope we can get into. Uh, in in future conversations, but in the meantime, uh, as we look ahead to the uh, Pope's message for the World Day of Peace, uh, I well, I look forward to, to unpacking that as it comes out. But uh, let our listeners know how they can find the Magisterium AI uh, function there. Uh, yeah, it's the Magisterium dot com. Uh, but if you just Google Magisterium uh, AI, you'll 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 write you'll you'll get to the site. Uh, it's free of charge. I think. It, they might want to eventually um, uh, have people pay a small price to use it, but but it's in a beta version now, and so it's free, and that's very it's very powerful, and it's a way to look at AI uh, and how it can be used for good. Well, I look forward to uh, to seeing how this develops because you can train AIs, right? We already know you can train them to give answers that are sort of counter to to what we believe as Catholics. So, see what happens if we train one to to use only magisterial documents as a source. You know, Anna Mitchell, I was thinking about this. Uh, we already have, you know, sort of nascent forms and examples of this. So if I were to ask the question uh, 10 years ago, how is it possible to know God with only the light of human reason? That's actually a question that's in the compendium of the catechism, that the compendium of right. the catechism is actually answered in a couple of sentences and then referenced paragraphs 31 through 36 and 46 through 47 of the catechism. Yeah. So what if you could just type that question in? Mm-hmm. And then just get the answer? And just get the, just be like, oh. Yeah. Sounds like you're asking a question the church has thought about a lot. Yeah. Here are several documents. I mean, it sounds kind of like a concordance, too. You could kind just, of. You could make a an AI concordance Yeah. in a way. Well, at any rate, I look forward to kind of digging around in that and seeing what we get. Oh, up I know, next, right? Yeah. Yes. Up next, we're going to be talking to an Armenian Catholic bishop about some things going on in Armenia that you might not know about. It's a quarter till. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. 
The kids got new supplies for back to school, so what do the parents get? Well, we suggest treating yourself to some good coffee, and the Mystic Monks of Wyoming have a number of blends to choose from. And when you link to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, sonrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on whatever you buy. You can also treat yourself to a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and a water bottle for your kid in our online store. Check out our store and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sunrisemorningshow.com. EWTN is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If your cable or satellite provider doesn't carry EWTN's full programming lineup, give them a call and let them know you would like to receive EWTN 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. For more information, go to EWTN.com and click on Television. Tell us how you prepare to go to confession. Share your story today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on most of these EWTN stations. And now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 13 Till, here's Anna with headlines. Catholic Charities says they have supplies ready at local parishes as Florida braces for Hurricane Idalia, which just was downgraded to a Category 3 storm. The Holy See Press Office is clarifying recent comments from Pope Francis that upset the head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, saying the Holy Father did not intend to promote Russian imperialism when speaking to Russian youth. And the Holy See has released the video promoting the Pope's prayer intention for September, dedicated to people on the margins of society. News at the top and bottom of each hour right here on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 12 till. Honored to welcome to the Sunrise Morning Show, Bishop Mikhail Muradian. He is the Bishop of the Armenian Catholic Eparchy in the United States and Canada. Your Excellency, welcome to the show. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. So you are going to be the speaker for a special event on Friday at the Institute of Catholic Culture entitled starving the christians the armenian genocide today and for listeners this is taking place friday night at 8 p.m eastern it's all over zoom and free of charge to join from anywhere in the world institute of catholic org is where you can go to register to get the zoom link and bishop you know many people probably heard of the armenian genocide which happened yeah. what a little more than a hundred years ago in the world war one era Fewer people probably know that Armenian Christians are in absolutely dire circumstances today. Can you tell us what's been happening? Yes. Unfortunately, the situation is this, that since December 12th, almost eight months, the Azerbaijani government has blockaded completely the Armenian enclave of Nagorno-Karabakh, that in Armenian is called Artsakh, where hundred. 20,000 Armenians, Christians, are living. Among them, 30,000 children, 25,000 almost elderly people, and 9,000 handicapped people. So even the International Red Cross cannot pass through this blockade. People are starving, lack of medicine, lack of food, no electricity, no gas, and no water. And we're hearing already some deaths from starvation. Last week, a man of 40 years old 
passed away because of lack of nutrition. Uh, there are more than 2,000 pregnant women, and we are already hearing about miscarriages because of mal malnutrition. And two weeks ago, the Azari soldiers took two Armenian men directly from the International Red Cross ambulances. At the blockade, they stopped them, and they kidnapped both men, and we don't know what happened to them. Just terrible stories, Bishop. I mean, the the human rights abuses that have been going on in these past few months, how is Azerbaijan getting away with it? Unfortunately, with the war in Ukraine, everybody now is preoccupied with that war, and Azerbaijan is taking the opportunity to continue the genocide that their forefathers began some hundred years ago. It's not only Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan is backed by Turkey, especially the president of Turkey, Erdogan. Actually, in 2020, during the COVID period, that the entire world community was preoccupied with what's going to happen with the COVID situation. Right in the middle of the COVID situation, Azerbaijan backed up with full military assistance from Turkey. They attacked this Armenian enclave of Nagorno-Garapa, and they occupied more than half of the territory. And there is only this little 3,000-square-meter place where these 120,000 people are living. And now they are forcing them, or you live, or you're going to die by starvation. And the problem is that our brothers, sisters, the Armenian Christians who are living over there, it's their ancestors' land. It's been more than 2,000, 3,000 years that they are living over there. And what they are asking is only to, to live freely on the land that God gave them. And this is something that, I mean, Sunrise Morning Show listeners will be familiar with hearing about Turkey and the issue of religious freedom uh, concerning Turkey, of course, uh, turning the Hagia Sophia into a mosque, and this specifically targeting Christians. They're specifically targeting the Christians here in Armenia, correct, Bishop? That's right, because Armenia in the region is the sole Christian country in the Caucasus. It is surrounded by, from the east, Azerbaijan, from the west, Turkey, and the south, Iran three Muslim countries, and Armenia is the sole, not only Christian, democratic country in the region. The other countries around it are all dictatorial countries. If you take into consideration that Erdogan is power since 1999, and Aliyev, the president of Azerbaijan, has inherited the presidency from his father since the collapse of the Soviet Union. 30, 32 years, the same family is controlling everything in that country. And because of the war, Europe needs the gas of Azerbaijan because they have difficulty to have the gas from Russia because of the war. Unfortunately, we don't hear about this in the big news agencies. Political people are silent about it. And the thing is that people are starving to death.
which is just unacceptable. We're talking to Bishop yeah. Mikhail Muradian of the Armenian Catholic Eparchy in the United States and Canada. And Bishop, I don't know if you have family um, that is affected by this. Certainly members of your flock in the United States and Canada do. Have you been hearing from people in Artsakh about the conditions there? What are they saying to you all? Actually, I was one of the first Armenian Catholic priests to go back to Armenia after the collapse of the Soviet Union in 1991. And I know a lot of people over there personally. I have a lot of friends, a lot of faithful over there. I served for 10 years as a missionary over there. And people are afraid for their lives. It's not only in this Armenian enclave of 3,000 kilometers square. People in Armenia are afraid that Turkey with Azerbaijan will attack and they will take the southern part of Armenia to connect directly, geographically, Azerbaijan with Turkey. Because Turkey till now is continuing to have the idea to put up this pan-Turkic ideology. So it's a struggle for, for life that our people are living over there. Unfortunately, young people are dying because they are in the military. Wow. We're speaking about young men who would be the future fathers of a nation. And when you kill the future fathers of a nation, it's a genocide because you're stopping the growth of the population. It's very tragic. And if the international community does not react to this, Unfortunately, we will be in front of the catastrophe, if not a new genocide. Well, we are doing what we can to get the word out about it. And I know that your talk over at the Institute of Catholic Culture will get a lot more folks up to date on this genocide happening in Armenia. We've been talking to Bishop Mikhail Muradian, and you can go join in and, and listen to his talk over Zoom Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The Institute of Catholic Culture is linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Bishop, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you, Annie, for having me. God bless you. Thank you so much, Bishop, and you as well. You know, I was hearing from the Institute of Catholic Culture, they tried to advertise this talk on Facebook, the advertisement got rejected because it was too political. So head over to instituteofcatholicculture.org and uh, give the bishop a good audience. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Are you using the latest version of the Sacred Heart Radio app? Well, by updating or reinstalling the Sacred Heart Radio app, you get the upgraded features like the daily podcast with markers to quickly find and hear an interview again from the Sunrise Morning Show or Driving Home the Faith. To reinstall the Sacred Heart Radio app, go to sacredheartradio.com and scan the QR code, and depending on your phone, choose the App Store or Google Play to begin enjoying the latest version of the Sacred Heart Radio app. A Mass with the Anointing of the Sick will be held on Labor Day, September 4th at 11 a.m. at St. Antoninus Church in Western Hills. If you are seeking physical, emotional, or spiritual healing, we encourage you to come or to stand in for someone who is in need. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. 
George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. Being prepared is everything, right? Does your family know your wishes for your final resting place? Gate of Heaven Cemetery, Archdiocese of Cincinnati's pre-planning family services advisors will assist you and your family with your advanced planning by helping you make decisions calmly and with a clear mind. Attend an upcoming pre-planning seminar at Gate of Heaven Cemetery so you can rest with peace of mind. 513-489-0300. 513-489-0300. For over 90 years, the Jesuit Spiritual Center at Milford has enriched the spiritual lives of youth and adults, offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality. Enter into the silence of a weekend retreat and experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. For over 50 years, the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul has been providing food, clothing, rent, and utility assistance to people in six counties of Southern Ohio. You can join the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul in helping our neighbors with a monetary or vehicle donation, which is simple and easy. 800-322-8284 or donate online at runforthepoor.org. This is Cardinal Raymond Burke. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Continue on this Wednesday, the 30th of August, praying a prayer by St. Thomas Aquinas in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Give us, O Lord, a steadfast heart which no unworthy affection may drag downwards. Give us an unconquered heart which no tribulation can wear out. Give us an upright heart which no unworthy purpose may tempt aside. Bestow upon us also, O Lord our God, understanding to know you, diligence to seek you, wisdom to find you, and a faithfulness that may finally embrace you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. It is a better way to start a Wednesday. Many of you have been with us for a little bit now, and I'm very glad that you've done so. The Sunrise Morning Show on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And up this hour, we have much of which to speak. Kimberly Beggs got a book called Unbreakable. We'll talk about that with her. Catch up with Father Patrick Briscoe from Alatea. Uh, we'll get a little Bible foods with Rita Heikenfeld, and Father Burke Masters is going to be along. We get to talk baseball and Jesus. 
Uh, Father Brooke Masters is the chaplain for the for the Chicago Cubs. So, yeah. But we're going to interview him anyway. Again, his book is called I had to get him in before we actually played the Cubs. It's got... Man, we just talked about Sister Jean throwing out the first pitch at Wrigley. This, I... The Lord is testing me. (laughs) Two minutes past the hour. News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Catholic Charities says they have supplies ready at local parishes as Hurricane Idalia makes landfall as a strong Category 3 storm. The eye came ashore in Keaton Beach in the Big Bend area on the state's Gulf Coast with sustained wind speeds of 125 miles per hour. The storm is bringing the potential for catastrophic devastation. The National Hurricane Center predicts the storm surge could reach as high as 16 feet. FEMA has been per the, excuse me, catastrophic storm surge and destructive winds are expected as the hurricane was gaining strength. More from Mark Mayfield. The National Hurricane Center says it's forecast to be an extremely dangerous Category 4 intensity when it makes landfall soon. That brings the possibility of catastrophic damage, structural damage, and uprooted trees and utility poles. Idalia has maximum sustained winds of roughly 110 miles per hour. I'm Mark Mayfield. All the students of a Catholic school in Lahaina are alive and accounted for three weeks after the deadly fire there. Sacred Hearts School burned down in the August 8th fire. Sacred Hearts Mission Church in Kapalua is now temporarily serving as the school campus. About half of the students returned on Monday. The others moved away from West Maui after they were displaced by the fire. The Holy See Press Office is clarifying recent comments from Pope Francis that that upset the head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. Vatican Press Director Matteo Bruni said the Pope, when speaking to Russian youth recently, did not intend to promote Russian imperialism. The Holy Father said to them, quote, do not forget your heritage. You are heirs of a great Russia, the Russia, the great Russia of saints, of kings, the great Russia of Peter, Catherine II, the great and enlightened Russian empire of much culture and much humanity. Never deny this heritage, he said. You are the heirs of the great mother Russia. Carry on with it. And thank you. Thank you for your way of being and for being Russian. End quote. A statement from the Vatican press director said, quote, the Pope intended to encourage young people to preserve and promote what is positive in Russia's great cultural and spiritual heritage and certainly not to glorify imperialistic logic and government personalities, end quote. Pope Francis has sent a message to French business leaders urging them to act on behalf of the common good. From Vatican Radio, Eduardo Garibaldi reports. The Holy Father noted that common good is the first word that comes to mind when thinking about entrepreneurs. They are defined as key players of development and well-being, as well as an essential engine of wealth, prosperity and public happiness. The media speak little of the difficulties and pain of entrepreneurs who close their businesses and fail through no fault of their own, Pope Francis wrote. Quoting the book of Job, instructive in stating that success is not 
not directly synonymous with virtue and goodness, and that misfortune is not synonymous with fault, striking even the just. On the contrary, the Church understands the suffering of the good entrepreneur, the Holy Father affirmed, recalling how from the very beginning the Church has welcomed merchants into her bosom. In the Bible and the Gospels, there is often talk of money, of trade, and among the most beautiful stories of salvation history, we also find stories that speak of economy. The Pope cited the father of the prodigal son in Luke's Gospel, presented as a rich man, perhaps a landowner, or the good Samaritan, who could have been a merchant. According to Pope Francis, the way to participate in the common good today is by creating jobs, particularly for young people. Put your trust in young people, the Holy Father urged, adding that every new job created is shared wealth, which does not end up in the banks, producing financial interest, but is invested so that new people can work and make their lives more dignified. You are like Joseph, like Jesus, the Pope said, who spent part of his life working as a craftsman. The world became a carpenter. Without new entrepreneurs, our hurt will not withstand the impact of capitalism. So far, you have done some things. Some of you have done a lot, but it's not enough. We are in a urgent period, a very urgent period. We must, you must do more. The children will thank you and die with them, the Pope concluded. I am Edoardo Giribaldi. 8.07 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. I don't mean to panic, Anna Mitchell, but it's I getting know. worse. Oh, it's bad. They Re- almost got no hit. Yeah, Reds uh, Reds lose yesterday 6-1, to one, and uh, as Anna Mitchell said, they almost got no hit. And when we say they almost got no hit, we really, really mean it. Spencer Steer broke up Alex Cobb's no-hitter after scorching an RBI double only with two outs in the ninth inning. So uh, the Reds fall to 68 and uh, 66. Let's just salvage a game against San Francisco before we play the accursed Chicago Cubs. All right. How about a team that can, uh, it's been winning some games. FC Cincinnati back on the pitch tonight. The uh, Marks, as we like to call them, are at Mercedes-Benz Stadium kicking off against Atlanta United. I saw their um, their concession menu. Mm-hmm. Very affordable. Oh, very well, affordable there. So I know. And I believe they have a Chick-fil-A there uh, that is actually functioning because uh, it's not a Sunday. And, of course, yes. um, Mercedes-Benz Stadium hosts or is the home of the Atlanta Falcons, which... You, you don't even get to have Chick-fil-A. Yeah, why would games. they put Chick-fil-A That's, at a... Well, it's well, a Mercedes-Benz Stadium exactly. is like where so, all and, of the Georgia Bulldog games are anymore. So I guess they do have Saturdays. That too. And, Anna Mitchell, you have a new favorite player. Ohio State has named their starting quarterback, Ryan Day, said yesterday that Kyle McCord will okay. be the primary single caller, signal caller. At least Signal against caller. Indiana, right? Uh, the third-ranked Buckeyes will take the uh, road. They're on the road to start the year mm-hmm. against a, uh, a, yeah, conference rival, Indiana. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and of go course, Bucks. go, you know, I will I, I will root for our Southeast Indiana <laughs> listeners of course and say, uh, go Hoosiers. Of course you will. Well, just to be fun. It's fine. It's fun. It is fun. We're all having fun. It's fine. Okay, it's fine. My sister was telling me that I've been mean to you lately. I love our I ain't relationship. even mean to I, be mean. I, I really do. I think uh I think we have uh we have as much fun on the uh, morning airwaves 
As anyone as around. As anyone around. Maybe you and Matt have, have a little bit better chemistry with your guys' jokes and uh, you having to stonewall them at times. But well, uh, you know. that's how it goes. Matt and I often, our minds think in tandem. Yes. I'm not sure if yours and mine do, but I feel like we... I think we have good radio chemistry, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I agree. All right. Well, let's get to traffic now. Traffic a service of Larkin Cobb, Chevrolet, Buick, and GMC in Eaton, Ohio. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. What you got, Anna? Yeah, some slow traffic again this morning. I think this is going to be the norm now that school is back in session. Uh, southbound 75, you're going to be kind of heavy from, like, Cincinnati-Dayton Road down toward the Lachlan split, and that's where things really start slowing down. Uh, northbound 75, a little slow from 74 up toward Ronald Reagan. Eastbound 74, you're on the brakes from North Bend into the 75 interchange. Uh, 71 southbound, slowing from uh, right around Mason, Montgomery, down toward the Norwood lateral. A little bit heavy as you're going northbound between the lateral and uh, Ronald Reagan. Northern Kentucky, northbound 71-75 on the brakes from Turfway up to the Cut in the Hill. Northbound 471, you're slow from 275 up to the river. And speaking of 275, heading westbound toward the airport, you're going to be slowing for a little while once you get off the 71-75 interchange. Now, for weather, it is going to be awesome today. we got a couple of days of... Uh, Fall-like temperatures. I'm not sure how long it's going to last, but enjoy it as we have it. Today, Cincinnati, mostly sunny skies with a high of 76 degrees. A few clouds tonight, and it actually says chilly. It'll be chilly tonight, an overnight low of 54. Mostly sunny skies tomorrow with a high of 78. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, partly cloudy skies today and a high of 75. Mostly clear tonight with an overnight low of 52 abundant sunshine tomorrow with a high of 78 degrees. Today is Wednesday, August the 30th, the Feast of St. Jean Jugon, the founder of the Little Sisters of Poor Pray for Us. And pray for vocations to the Little Sisters of the Poor. Joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Kimberly Begg. She's got a new book from Tan Books. Unbreakable Saints Who Inspired Saints to Moral Courage. Kimberly, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. First of all, can you just tell us what you set out to do in writing this book? <laughs> I set out to help parents raise saints. Hmm. We are living in a time of great confusion in our world where even a lot of Catholics just don't know who they are and why they're made, that they were children of God meant to go out in the world and to live courageously for Christ. And as a result, we're seeing a lot of Catholics and even parents trying to find a way around the cross for themselves and the children. But this idea that our path to heaven can ever be free of suffering and sacrifice has no grounding in a sacred scripture or the traditions of the church. And one of the greatest traditions of the church is passing on the lives of the saints. So I sought to tell the stories of some of the most courageous uh, heroes of the church and the stories of those heroes who inspired them. Yeah, so you've got St. Joan of Arc, who was inspired by St. Michael the Archangel, St. Margaret of Antioch, St. Catherine of Alexandria, among others, St. Jose, um, Jose Sanchez del Rio, who was 
inspired by Our Lady of Guadalupe and St. Juan Diego, St. Tarchesius. I cannot wait to talk to you about that story someday. Uh, Blessed Jersey, Papalusco, and uh, how he was inspired by St. Maximilian Kolbe and Cardinal Vizinski and, and Pope John Paul II. And then I want to talk to you today about St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa, because her feast day is September 5th. So coming up next week, and I'm sure she was inspired by many saints, Kimberly, but the one whom you've chosen to highlight in the book is the inspiration of of St. Therese. How did Mother Teresa live the little way of St. Therese? Well, um, in so many different ways. You know, for one thing, like St. Therese of Lisieux, she made a vow to Christ to deny him nothing in the world. And so when she felt called to leave the safety of her Loretto order, and she loved her work, she loved the sisters that she worked with, and to live among the poorest of the poor while serving the poorest of the poor, she knew that she could not say no. And then through her ministry and through her wonderful humanitarian work, which made her a celebrity out there in the world, she again felt called to minister to the poorest of the poor, whom she considered in our modern society, to be the poor, defenseless babies in their mother's womb, um, vulnerable to the evil of abortion. And she considered, by the way, not only just the babies in their mother's womb to be the poorest of the poor, but those nations and those individuals who supported the evil of abortion. So she spent the last decades of her life being a just a courageous, wonderful, beautiful advocate for life. Yeah, and she did it in such a beautiful way in in literally serving the poorest of the poor in in India and and inspiring, you know, hundreds of other women to to join the missionaries of charity that she founded in in helping those who were as Pope Francis likes to to talk about all the time on the literal margins of society and and people often quote her um even non-catholics so inspired by this idea of small things with great love and of course that is straight out of the handbook of saint therese isn't it yes it is yes it is and they both recognize the reality of the spiritual world so Mother Teresa, you know, ministered to people and because of their, 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 their physical weaknesses. And she gave them food and drink and shelter and medicine. And at the same time, she ministered to them spiritually. And again, this was something that was so important to St. Therese. She actually has this beautiful comment in Story of a Soul where she says, There are many souls on the brink of hell. The time has never come when I could say, Now I will work for myself. Mm -hmm. And you can just see this when time and time again, Mother Teresa was given a platform, and she took that platform to say what she felt like the Western world needed to hear most, which is that there is a reality that is greater than what we can see, and that we need to be working for our own salvation and the salvation of, of, of the souls that occupy this earth with us. Well, something that I learned from your book, Kimberly, you know, many listeners probably know that that written on a wall in every chapel of the missionaries of charity around the world are the words i thirst one of the words of uh, or one of the last words of christ 
on the cross. And this is actually a, a concept that was so important to St. Therese as well. Yes, yes, it was. Um, and actually, I learned this during my research, too. You know, I think like a lot of us, I felt like I knew St. Therese of Lisieux, and I felt like I knew Mother Teresa before writing this book. But, you know, reading Story of a Soul over and over and over again, the way, by the way, that I believe Mother Teresa did throughout her life, because you can just see so much evidence of St. Therese's spirituality in the way that Mother Teresa lived her life, I believe it is one of the greatest gifts that we have as Catholics to have these beautiful words. Yes, uh, St. Therese of Lisieux wanted to quench Christ's thirst. Um, And this was a a concept that um, she began thinking of actually very, very young, um, as early as when she received her her first Holy Communion, which she considered to be the greatest, happiest, most joyful day of her life. Mm. There's a quote in the book that you have um, that that St. Therese says, From that day, the, the cry of my dying Savior, I thirst, sounded incessantly in my heart and kindled therein a burning zeal hitherto unknown to me. My one desire was to give my beloved to drink. I felt myself consumed with thirst for souls, and I longed at any cost to snatch sinners from the everlasting flames of hell. Kimberly, what do you hope? You you say that this is 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 a book to help parents inspire their children to be saints. How do you hope that the stories of Mother Teresa and Saint Therese linked together can inspire our children? I hope that parents will keep this um, as a part of their home library so that children can, can, can physically hold the book, can flip through it, um, can reread some of the most inspiring parts of St. Therese's life, of Mother Teresa's life. And then when they go out in the world, you know, be able to make those connections, that they become, so that these stories become a part of their imagination and they are as real as their own experiences in the world, so that they can liken their own modern challenges to the challenges that these great saints had in their lives and that it can inspire them to live courageously for christ because we all need courage to live for christ today well i look forward to having you back sometime soon to talk about more of these stories and inspiring saints in unbreakable saints who inspired saints to moral courage by kimberly begg it's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com kimberly really appreciate your time this morning thank you Thanks for having me on. God bless you. You too. Thank you. All right. It's 20 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. We got traffic and weather coming up next. Food makes the party. And you can find the perfect party foods at Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. From mini sandwiches to their jumbo pretzel sandwich, meat and cheese or vegetable and relish trays, Bridgetown Finer Meats can make hosting a party a breeze. And choose your wine while you're there. The BFM Wine Shop has high-quality wines from all over the world. Bridgetown Finder Meats on Bridgetown Road, 513-574-3100, on the web at bridgetownfindermeats.com. St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky, understands the importance of a helping hand when life becomes difficult. Through the grace of God and the amazing generosity of volunteers and donors, St. Vincent de Paul, Northern Kentucky, has been able to provide over $200,000 in rent and utility assistance to nearly 2,000 neighbors in need in the last 12 weeks alone. The prayer is to continue to faithfully serve those in need well into the future. To learn how you can help, visit svdpnky.org and follow along on social media.
Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. 22 minutes past the hour now, and this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. In the Cincinnati area, lots of slow traffic to report right now. Southbound 75, often on heavy and slow from just before Union Center Boulevard down toward the Norwood Lateral. Northbound 75, slow and still from uh, 74 up toward Ronald Reagan. Southbound 71, you are on the brakes from Kings Island down toward the Norwood Lateral. Northbound 71, Slowing from the lateral up toward Ronald Reagan. Outer loop of 275 is slow from Loveland, Madeira, over toward the 71 interchange. In northern Kentucky, you've got slow traffic on northbound 7175 from just before 275 up to the cut in the hill. And northbound 471, you remain on the brakes from 275 up to the river. Now, for weather, an awesome day ahead. A little taste of fall, I think. Mostly sunny skies today in Cincinnati with a high of 76 degrees. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 54. Mostly sunny tomorrow and a high of 78. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, partly cloudy skies today and a high of 75. Mostly clear tonight with an overnight low of 52. Sunny tomorrow and a high of 78 degrees. Coming up next on the Sunrise Morning Show, Father Patrick Briscoe joins us. It's 23 past. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families. Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. For over 50 years, the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul has been providing food, clothing, rent, and utility assistance to people in six counties of Southern Ohio. You can join the St. Martin District of St. Vincent de Paul in helping our neighbors with a monetary or vehicle donation, which is simple and easy. 800-322-8284 or donate online at runforthepoor.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by Father Patrick Briscoe, and he is with our Sunday visitor, uh, OurSundayVisitor.com, linked at SunriseMorningShow.com. Father Briscoe, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Matt? I'm doing well, and I'm feeling extremely ancient and old uh, because, you know, it used to be somebody would show me something from someone. I'm like, oh, is that a new musician? And then they're like, no, duh, man. It's your new bleep blop streamer from Whoopsie or whatever. I like, I don't know what anything is happening <laughs> on the internet. And 
So now I've been sort of forced to know uh, this situation involving the song Richmond North of Richmond. And uh, rather than me start from scratch on it, why don't you give me some backdrop? Well, what's really interesting about it is I think the way that this has taken off. So this, so the song was performed, um, you know, on a on a YouTube video that went viral. It's it's just a guy singing on his guitar. You know, there are a lot of people who have suggested that he had some major connections, and that the fact that he went viral was all prearranged by some some people in the industry. And that's not true. It's just just a video from someone who uh, shares country music videos. Um, okay, so he's so he's singing this song. Uh, the video gets posted on YouTube, and to date, it was posted August 8th, to date it has almost 30 million views, which is pretty incredible, you know, so it just it just keeps going. The song, I think, has captured people's hearts because it's a ballad that is able to share all of the working class frustration. So he takes all, all of this extremely powerful emotion and channels it into this song, which laments greed and injustice. Um, and it has a, it has a, it has a political overtone that, that resonates with people um, who are frustrated with the status quo, I would say. Well, you know, as I was reading through it, it sounds a little bit like what, uh, well, with, with, you know, I grew up in the, with Southern roots and, you know, everybody was kind of Democrats for a long time uh, because that was the party of like, the people who were more working class and wanted people to stick up for them. And now that's kind of all sort of switched around and there've been some moral shifts in the political discussion that have made, you know, people go all different directions uh, on those questions. I don't want to get too much into that, but uh, you know, whenever I read stuff like this and uh, see sentiments like this expressed, I always think about like, okay, um, I am Catholic. That's my first and foremost allegiance. What is this saying to me (laughs) in regard to that? Uh, and you see someone talking about working all day, overtime hours, terrible pay, uh, and that there's just not a feeling that your money is going anywhere and that nobody cares. I mean, where's the church need to be here? Yeah, that's exactly right. I had this, I had the same reaction to the song, uh, seeing its important themes not as not as political ones, but as ones that the, the church needs to listen to, or, or at least the singer needs to know that the church has that the church has listened to it and bears those uh, uh, bears those cares, right? Because uh, because some of these issues, you know, as you suggested, are are issues that that resonate in uh, in the church, like some of the Catholic social teaching aspect that, that you named. But ultimately, I think because the the singer the singer is looking for meaning. The singer is looking for meaning, and I think there are so many people today uh, that 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 has resonated with. So they're 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 out there. They're looking for purpose. They feel purposeless, and that's why the song has become such a hit. Because the place where they would put their hopes, politics, has failed them. And so, I, so I think what we've come up on is the spiritual battle that has to be faced when you when you when you hit a dead end in um, in politics. Thank you for the perfect setup. The place that was supposed to help them, politics, has failed them. Well, why did politics get the get the ball on this one? Because the place that was really supposed to help, the church, right, kind of turned that stuff over. You know, every time I, I see, like, a social ill and see, like, a government program or see a politician making a promise, I mean, this is the part that frustrates me. 
uh, is that I'm like, ah, that's like that's like our job. Like that should be us. Like why aren't we doing this? And the <laughs> fact of the matter is, is you know, a lot of times we can't because in pre-COVID days the plate would go around. In current days, people set up the recurring payments or drop something in the box at the back. But whatever it is, we're not we're not doing enough. Uh, in our church to to be a hub of these things in our community. And so, like, I see these things, and I know that people are going to argue about them or not argue about them, depending on who does or does not want to debate heading into these elections. It's, it's whatever. Like, it's going to be another frustrating cycle. But we've had this job. Like, we as the church, we've had this job since the book of Acts. Like, where are we? Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think we have to take that seriously. And that, that's why I wanted to write, a, write and, and talk about this song, because that if people aren't feeling like their hearts can resonate within the church. If they're not feeling the church give them the lift that they need, uh, we we need to know that, that the message isn't being heard by those who need to hear the message, right? We have, we, ha- we have to address the fact that we're not communicating well with those who, who need to hear what, what it is that we have to give. Uh, they need the balm of the gospel. That's what this song is crying out for, and it can't be applied. Um, that it's it's missing it's missing the pe- the message is missing the people that need it the most. Yeah, well, it's not something that uh, we'd have to invent from scratch too. I mean, we've got great precedent. I mean, we're the ones who invented, you know, the Catholic school system, the hospital system, the university system, who invented so many th- these things because of our desire to meet these kinds of needs and meet them in a way that shared the gospel in the process. So, it's a lot to stew upon. It's a lot, Father. So I'll let you handle it. Well, thanks. It should be a busy week. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a busy lifestyle uh, if we take the gospel seriously. So thank you so much. If our listeners want to read some of your thoughts on Oliver Anthony and Richmond, north of Richmond, and the whole phenomenon and uh, what it means maybe for us to church to think about these things, uh, how do they do so? Check it out online over at OurSundayVisitor.com. OurSundayVisitor.com. Father Briscoe, thank you as always. Have a wonderful day. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. God bless. All right, it's half past the hour. Here's Anna with news. Good morning. Catholic Charities says they have supplies ready at local parishes as Florida is now being hit by Hurricane Idalia. The hurricane hit as a Category 3 this morning. While their clinics will be closed today as the storm is making landfall, the organization says supplies like ready-to-eat meals, water, and tarps will be available at local parishes starting tomorrow. Catholic schools are closed today. The Diocese of St. Petersburg anticipates they will reopen tomorrow. Meanwhile, FEMA is preparing, has prepared for Hurricane Idalia as the storm makes landfall. Trey Thomas reports. FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell said personnel and resources are being deployed to Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina. The president quickly approved an emergency declaration in advance of the storm in Florida, turning on the many tools that are available at my disposal to provide the governor any support or resources he may need. Chriswell warned residents to take the storm seriously. She said high winds are expected and up to 12 feet of storm surge could hit the Florida coastline. I'm Trey Thomas. All the students of a local Catholic school in Lahaina are alive and accounted for now three weeks after the deadly wildfire there. Sacred Hearts School burned down in the August 8th fire. Sacred Hearts Mission Church in Kapalua is now temporarily serving as the school campus. About half of the students returned on Monday. The others moved away from West Maui after they were displaced by the fire. 
Attorneys with the Thomas More Society are promising to appeal after pro-life activist Lauren Handy was found guilty of violating the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances, or FACE Act. The Justice Department claimed that she and four others conspired to physically block a late-term abortion facility in Washington in October of 2020. Each of them faces up to 11 years in prison and a maximum fine of $350,000. The Vatican has released the video promoting the Pope's prayer intention for September, which is dedicated to people on the margins of society. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. Let us pray for those people on the margins of society in subhuman living conditions that they may not be neglected by institutions and never be cast out. In the Pope video produced by the Pope's worldwide prayer network, he reflected on the indifference endured by many people who are marginalized. A homeless person who dies on the street will never appear among the top stories of search engines or newscasts, he lamented wondering how our societies could have reached such a level of indifference. Pope Francis attributed this indifference to a throwaway culture in which millions of men and women are worth nothing compared to economic goods. He said our necks are going to get stiff from looking the other way so that we don't have to see this situation. The Pope then urged everyone to pay attention to people who face marginalization, even if it results from poverty, addictions, mental illness, or disability. In response to such indifference, he held up a culture of welcoming, of providing shelter, of giving a home, of offering love, and of giving human warmth. And Pope Francis concluded by inviting every Christian to pray for those people on the margins of society. According to the UN, over 10% of the global population, or 700 million people, live in extreme poverty. Reports from the World Health Organization say that one out of every eight persons lives with a mental disorder. In a press release from the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network, the prefect of the Dicastery for Promoting Integral Human Development echoed the Pope's prayer intention, inviting us to have hearts of flesh and not of stone. Welcoming is more than helping, said Cardinal Michael Cherney. It means putting the other person at our level, rediscovering a sister or a brother whom we have lost. I'm Devin Watkins. Coming up on 836 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. All right. The uh, Cincinnati Reds have uh, lost three in a row, and this one didn't look good whatsoever. Six to one final score from San Francisco. Reds nearly no hit, but thank goodness Spencer Steer hit a uh, RBI double. (laughs) <laughs> with uh, two outs in the ninth inning to uh, wreck Alex Cobb's historic night. Redlegs trying to salvage this series this afternoon with a uh, just one win. Don't want to get swept by the San Francisco Giants, pushing them back further in the uh, wild card contention. FC Cincinnati back on the MLS pitch tonight as uh, FCC takes on Atlanta United at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. FC Cincinnati trying to build off their uh, win over New York City last in their last match and are sitting comfortably in first place with 54 points. Bengals have uh, submitted their final roster. Quarterback Trevor Simeon was cut after signing a one-year deal in the offseason. That means Jake Browning won the backup job behind some guy named Joe Burrow. Uh, Browning spent uh, the last two years on the practice squad. So uh, congratulations there. That is a look at sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this.
in this crazy world, where can Catholics go with their hard-earned money and not support businesses that go against our faith? Check out the Angels List on SacredHeartRadio.com. It's a list of businesses owned and operated by our Catholic brothers and sisters who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the Angels List, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. Family, please know that Sacred Heart Radio has never sold or shared our mailing list with anyone. So when you donate or sign up to receive our newsletters, be confident that Sacred Heart Radio will not sell or share your information with other organizations. This is Father Steph Bankemper, pastor of St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Fort Thomas, Kentucky, with a couple of thoughts from St. Catherine of Siena. She wrote, All the way to heaven is heaven. Because Jesus said, I am the way. And again, what is it you want to change? Your hair, your face, your body? Why? For God is in love with all those things, and he might weep when they are gone. It is time for a look at Bible Foods with Rita Heikenfeld from AboutEating.com. She's got great recipes there, and you can go and check some of them out. You can also send her some of yours when you've got great ideas. Rita, good morning. Well, good morning, Matt. And I'm telling you what, I'm doing a lot of pickling lately, and salt is right in the center. I was about to say, I don't think that there's going to be a person (laughs) listening right now who's not going to use salt in some way today. Uh, Salt is one of the most important things in uh, my pantry and on my table, and it's also a pretty strong metaphor in the Bible. Oh, yeah. You know, when you think of that phrase, salt of the covenant, what that refers to is is the eternal covenant between God and his people, and that's mentioned in Leviticus. And then um, chapter 2, and it's actually, I think, verse 13, says, every offering must be seasoned with salt, because salt is the reminder of God's covenant. And, you know, back in Bible days, it was, salt was considered a symbol of hospitality. And to eat salt and food with anybody was to form an unbreakable bond of friendship. So think of not only as a seasoning ingredient, but how important um, it was just that way. Well, I mean, just think about uh, in practical purposes <clears throat> now, you invite somebody over for dinner, and uh, you've sort of seasoned it the way that you're used to the eating a certain food, but you want to put that salt out as a because you just never know. As a matter of hospitality, you, somebody else might like a little bit more salt on their green beans or something. You just oh, never yeah. know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so what kind of salt were we uh, able to use if we were uh, if we were around in Bible times? Well, um, it was mined uh, from the salt hills around the Dead Sea. And then think of this, too. Salt was also deposited on the banks of, of that sea because it overflowed every year, Matt. So there was plenty of sea salt. 
and we know that that has minerals that some salt mined uh, from the earth today might not have. And you know what? I don't know what kind of salt you use today. There's tons of different kinds of salt. There's black, there's green, there's seasoning salts um, that we use in cooking, like regular salt. Then we have those fun, expensive finishing salts um, that are sprinkled on right before you eat. And uh, one of my favorites, and I want to know your take on this, is the Himalayan pink. It's from the mountains of the Himalayas, and it's supposed to be the most healthy uh, salt and also loaded with minerals. Have you used that? I used some last night. I was grilling burgers, and I uh, have like a little grinder thing oh, for the yeah, sea salt. Yeah. You know, I grind it on top of it. It works well for those sorts of scenarios especially. Mm-hmm. So that's the Himalayan. But what about the kosher salt? Because uh, there are a lot of us who don't necessarily eat kosher in any other way, but probably buy lots of kosher salt. Yeah, and it's funny because in cooking school we use it all the time. Um, well, first of all, it's processed in a kosher kitchen. And um, so that's one difference. But also the way it's, it's um, processed, it can be rolled or flaked. Um, and it's what we call a pure salt because it doesn't have any additives. And then it's got, it got its name, Matt, from the process of rubbing this salt on kosher meats. And that removed the blood during the koshering or cleaning process. And then here's the deal, though. If you're going to use kosher salt versus, like, regular salt, you're going to need a little more uh, spoon for spoon just because of its shape. And then a lot of chefs love kosher salt when they're doing meats because it's sort of like the Himalayan pink. It sticks to meat a lot better than regular salt. Um, and it's easy to use, and, and then when you're sprinkling it on, you can actually see how much you're using so you don't overdo. Very cool. All right, now there are a lot of people who planted cucumbers at some point this year. Maybe they don't usually plant cucumbers, but they planted them, and now they have more cucumbers <laughs> than they could ever possibly know what to do with. So good time to make some pickles. Uh, you've got some pickle recipes for us this morning. I do, and I hope um, everybody tries these. I've got, um, they're both what we call refrigerator pickles. The first one's a dill. The other one's sort of like a bread and butter. Um, but the dill, and I'll have these recipes on my site as well, really, really delicious. Sort of tastes like a Claussen pickle. Um, you're going to start off with some clearer cider vinegar, some salt, and a little bit of sugar, and you're going to uh, put that on the stove and just put it on low heat till it, the, the sugar and salt dissolves. And then you're going to pour two cups of cold water in there, and that's going to cool it down and make a really nice brine. And then this makes a couple quarts. You just take some cucumbers and cut them in spears and put them in two-quart jars. And then in each jar you're going to put some coriander seeds, garlic, mustard seeds, dill, all when you think of Bible ingredients, those are, some pepper in the jars. And then uh, you pour the, the chilled or cooled brine over that. And sometimes they'll have to add a little bit of cold water to cover the cucumbers. All you do is cover that. You refrigerate it for a day or so. I'm not kidding you. Those pickles are so crisp and not too dilly. You can always add more garlic or dill. Um, and sometimes if I don't have the mustard and coriander seeds, I'll just swap out uh, some pickling spice for it. But I've got all the, the correct um, ingredients and amounts on my site and then the other one i thought you might like with the kids it's called wash tub pickles basically a reader gave it to me and a listener a listener and a reader and they she said her father made these up in the laundry tub and it's just um, some cucumbers green peppers onions carrots and bell peppers and then uh, the brine is some sugar some celery seeds salt and vinegar 
So you put all the veggies in a bowl, you make up the brine, um, pour it over and let it sit. They're so delicious and so crisp and so pretty in the jars as well. Yeah, those are cool-looking jars. Uh, it was always cool when you go to, like, a, a, a fair or something, and you see, like, the food section of the competition, mm-hmm. and somebody's got those jars of pickles that are just like, I hate to even open this, man. And it looks so, looks so you know, colorful and, and appealing. But you can use some of these recipes, by the way, and pickle not just cucumbers, but green beans, okra, uh, <laughs> garlic, all kinds of stuff. I'm about to pickle some red onions as well, Rita, so I'll let oh, you know how those you? go. Oh, yeah, we'll need that recipe. I knew you'd take this and run with it. Hey, well, you know, I mean, this is uh, this is the fun of this time of year. got to figure out. We can't garden all winter, so we got to figure out what to do with the stuff that we got this summer. Uh, we've got abouteating.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Head on over and check out Rita's site and send her a note. Thanks, Rita. Have a great day. Uh, you too, Matt. I'll talk to you next week. All right, up next, Cubs Chaplin. Father Burke Masters joins us to talk about his new book about baseball and God. Stay with us. It's 14 till. Did you just receive a Sacred Heart Radio t-shirt because you took our listener survey? One thing the survey told us was how many of you found out about Sacred Heart Radio from our bumper magnets. So imagine how many more will know where they can hear about God's love and mercy by wearing your Sacred Heart Radio t-shirt. So thank you for letting the good news be told without saying a word. Every time you wear your Sacred Heart Radio t-shirt and by ordering our bumper magnets by going to sacredheartradio.com and clicking on signs and magnets. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Margaret Hall, an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from dedicated professionals with newly renovated stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love. On Madison Road, 513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. Are you looking for a way to grow in holiness as a married couple? Do you desire to grow closer to God and to each other as you navigate the challenges of life? Join us for a marriage retreat. October 20th through the 22nd at Catholic Family Land. Deepen your relationship with your spouse through prayer, receiving the sacraments, intentional communication, and time spent together. Register at afc.org. Longtime underwriter and proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given human rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human. Regardless of age or stage, ability or disability, CincinnatiRightToLife.org. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Burke Masters, who's got a new book called A Grand Slam for God, A Journey from Baseball Star to Catholic Priest. Father Masters is the chaplain for the Chicago Cubs, the Catholic chaplain there. Father, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well, but uh, just to get this out of the way, so the Sunrise Morning Show originates from Cincinnati. We are all lifelong Reds fans here. Um, Our engineer, Paul Lockman, was born May 21st, 1990, at the beginning of the Reds' wire-to-wire season when we ended up sweeping the A's in the World Series. So the idea of me creating any sympathy whatsoever for the Chicago Cubs uh, I'm summoning all the Christian charity I can here, Father, so I appreciate your patience in advance. 
Well, I appreciate that very much. Uh, I have to share, uh, and uh, part of this is in the book, I didn't grow up a Cubs fan. Uh, I grew up a Phillies fan here in Chicago. Oh, see, now that doesn't make anything any better at all. <laughs> and then my parents grew up in St. Louis, so they're diehard Cardinal oh, fans. And when they, they moved to Chicagoland. Anyway, long story short, I, uh, I, I always say I had two big conversions in life. One was becoming Catholic when I was 18. And then the second even bigger conversion was becoming uh, a Cubs fan uh, about 10 years ago. So, um, but it's, it's a joy now. Now that I get to know the guys and, uh, you know, it becomes very personal, um, it takes out a whole new meeting. Well, between the Cubs and the Cardinals and the Phillies, like every single one of our listeners has cringed along the way, right? These are all very loyal and devoted fan bases and strongly opinionated. But, you know, you mentioned uh, the conversions uh, in your life, and the Cubs one is an interesting one, but not the most important one because you uh, had basically your whole life plan change as part of your uh, encounter with Catholic education. I wonder if you could share that with us. Yeah, I did. I so I wasn't raised Catholic. My parents were both Christian. Um, and when they got married, and I'm the youngest of three boys, life got busy, and they said we just kind of fell out of practice. We didn't really go to any church growing up. And so they sent me to a Catholic high school because it had the best baseball program in town. <laughs> and, and my dream was to be a professional baseball player, and I, and I was moving toward that dream. Plus, you, you could always get a good education in a Catholic school. So I went to Providence Catholic High School thinking I'm going to get a good education, further my baseball career, and and that's it. And I get there, and I, I encounter the Eucharist. I encounter uh, priests and religious and the beauty of the Catholic Church, and I was just drawn in. And so I, I ended up becoming Catholic. Uh, I was baptized because I wasn't baptized as a child. And uh, when I was 18, just about a week before I graduated high school. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Um, and, uh, you know, this is this is one of those things that that I think a lot of Catholics can be a little bit cynical about, right? Oh, you know, this Catholic high school is just a sports school. Kids go there for the sports. They're probably not getting anything really of the Catholic faith. I think sometimes it can be easy to underestimate the effect um, that a kid who goes to the Catholic school, like, just going to mass and just watching other kids receive uh, the kind of impact that might be able to have on somebody. Absolutely. We, we can't underestimate that. And, and now as a pastor of a parish that has a large Catholic school, I, I don't take that for granted. And I realize that we have uh, well, many Catholic students, but several non-Catholic students too. And to, um, to show the beauty of the church uh, in its fullness and, for me, it was the Eucharist. You know, I, I'd watch my friends go forward for communion, and they did it so reverently. And I would say, why, do they, why are they reverent to a piece of bread? That's what I thought. And then they teach us in the theology classes that this is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. And I thought, how can that be? Well, my junior year, I went on a retreat. And uh, on this retreat, there was a visiting priest. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. In the all-school masses, I would just sit and watch. I never went forward. They didn't teach us to receive a blessing. But on this retreat, the priest started coming to us for communion because it was such a small group. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to ask for a blessing. And as he stood before me, he said, the body of Christ. And I opened my mouth to say, I'm not Catholic. <laughs> but before the words could come out, I received my first communion on the tongue. And, you know, 
it, it changed my life because I knew in my heart that I felt the power of God in a way that I'd never experienced before. And I thought I have to become Catholic, and that started me down that path. Well, that is certainly not the ideal and the norm, right? <laughs> but, you know, we know that grace breaks in in very, very strange and, and odd ways in so many people's lives. You know, you, you, uh, you, you talk about your vocation story in here, and uh, people are going to be interested in, in that for sure. They're also going to be interested in, in maybe some of the twists and turns of what you thought you were going to do. I mean, baseball was, I mean, this is the whole reason you started going to that Catholic school in the first place. How far were you able to go with it? Yeah, so I went from uh, high school, I, I got a scholarship to play at Mississippi State University, which is a, you know, kind of an annual baseball powerhouse. Got to play in a College World Series my my senior year. I was named most valuable player in the regional tournament to help get us to the College World Series. Uh, I signed as a free agent with the White Sox, and uh, that's when the, the dream uh, kind of took a turn, and uh, obviously, my plan didn't pan out the way I thought it would, but God had a different plan. And when my baseball career ended, you know, they told me, they said, uh, first, you do everything well and nothing great. So I had all five tools, but nothing stood out. And, uh, and so it was devastating for my baseball career to end, but I had no idea how God would, you know, unfold the story in a way that would bring baseball back into it. Uh, as a priest. Yeah, and uh, of course, you ended up with the Chicago Cubs, and you know, a lot of Chicago Cubs chaplaincy through the past hundred or so years has been, you know, where is Christ at the low points in our life, right? But you got to actually be chaplain for the year that they won it all, in, in, in for the first time in like, like literally the living memory of almost every Cubs fan. Yeah, it was 108 years uh, between 1908 and 2016, and yeah, it was an incredible uh, experience to to be with them. Uh, Joe Madden, the manager for the Cubs, uh, went through Catholic schools, you know, growing up, and he told me when he became the manager. I, I started in 2013, and I think he came on in 2015. He said, "Father Burke, priests have impacted my life, and I know your." You know, your presence here changes the environment. And so he said, you can go anywhere you want. You just can't be in the dugout during the game because that's MLB rules. He just opened the doors wide. He would allow me to go out for batting practice with the guys. It really gave me a, an opportunity to, you know, connect with the guys. They saw, wow, this guy can play baseball, but he's also a man of God. Yeah. And so to be with them in that run to the World Series was uh, incredible. Well, there's a lot more in uh, your book, A Grand Slam for God, A Journey from Baseball Star to Catholic Priest. Father Brooke Masters, Catholic chaplain for the Chicago Cubs. Thanks for your time this morning, and uh, have a great rest of the season. Yeah, you're welcome. God bless, and good luck to the uh, Reds there. Whew. It's going to be a rough. It's going to be a rough one if we don't turn it around. Well, thanks for listening to the Sunrise Morning Show. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. 
Every hour of every day, there's over 50 minutes of solid Catholic teaching on Sacred Heart Radio. Whether we're discussing the Catholic perspective on current issues, reflecting on the heroic life of a saint, or spending an hour in prayer, every hour of every day, Sacred Heart Radio is broadcasting the good news of our salvation through Jesus Christ because of the generosity of listeners like you. Thank you. To join in this mission, please visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Donate. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at TheAbrasiveOne.com. That's the number one, TheAbrasiveOne.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchide, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. In the past decade, more people have chosen natural or green options when planning a funeral, and the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help. Natural or green burials are actually quite traditional. It's how people were laid to rest for most of human history. Find out more about natural or green options for burial or cremation at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, where they also offer zero financing for pre-planning. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or at cccsohio.org. Proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human, regardless of age or stage, ability or disability. More information at 1-800-712-HELP. This is Father Benedict Kroll, the Director of Mission Advancement for the Angelicum in Rome. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more.